You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast. I am your host. It's me, Tuck. Oh my God. How the hell are you? Good, great, glad to hear it. Woo. Here we are again. The year is 2020. The only bands that play shows anymore are Trapped and Smash Mouth. What a world we live in. Does it make you happy? Oh, yeah. Uh, It doesn't make me happy, but it's all right. Everyone doing okay? I really do uh, hope you're all doing well out there. The past few weeks have been pretty hectic. My friends Adam, Jeff, and myself started a new business called FeaturedX.com. What FeaturedX provides is a platform to connect you with your favorite musician, not just to follow and see pics of their dog or what they like to eat, but to work with them on your music. You can go to the website and click on the vocalist of your choice, say it's Ollie from Broadside, send them your song, social media accounts, and if they like it, they will accept. You don't have to deal with labels or management, just getting right to the source. If anyone has any questions... You can always contact me on my socials or at gettuckthepodcast at gmail.com. We really need the reception and for you guys to review it and to tell us what you like and what you don't like, because that's how we're going to make the platform that the best it can be. So luckily so far, we've had some really great feedback and people that have purchased features have come back and told us that they enjoyed their experience. But I mean, say you're a fan of counterparts or you're a fan of Ollie from Broadside, You like buying their shirts. You like going to their shows. You like supporting this band. But what if you had a song with them that would last forever? You will have this until the day that you die and beyond. Maybe you can bring it with you into the Matrix. But I just think it's the ultimate gift. It's the coolest way to connect with with your favorite vocalist or musician because they're going to help you on your song. They're going to add some words to it. They're going to add their voice to it. And now you have your own personal connection with them rather than just supporting them forever. And now they're kind of coming back and helping you a little bit as well. So it's been really cool. People are liking it. And thank you so much for for giving us a shot and, and looking into it. It really does mean a lot. This week on the show, we have Ollie with the good hair. Oliver Baxter of Broadside joins us for a fun look into his life, his band, Victory Records, and how Sean Keith and Sharptone are the shit. Hi, Sean. Ollie and I have never met in person and have only recently become friends. He was so fun, and we eventually had to end it, although I could have talked to him for probably six hours. I love this band. 
Broadside is everything that I want in a band. Their latest album, Into the Raging Sea, is a 10 out of 10 certified banger. There are some more emotional tracks, like The Raging Sea, the opener to the album. Then there are also some more upbeat, fun tracks, like Heavenly or Foolish Believer. But the album as a whole just hits every spectrum of emotion that you want, and it's just so fun to listen to. It's really fantastic. Either way, if you like good singers and great songs, you'll love this band. We have had some technical difficulties when we started recording, so I had to restart it. I did originally ask him if he was ready to get tucked, so don't give me any shit. Here we go. My chat with Ollie Baxter of Broadside. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, what have you been up to? Where, so whereabouts do you stay? What part of the world are you in? Oh, I live in Brooklyn. Um, oh, okay. He's classy. Okay, he's fancy. Yeah, I try to keep it pretty cool, you know. I'm a pretty <laughs> cool guy. Um, no, my fiance works in Brooklyn, and we grew up upstate, so um, mm-hmm. it's pretty natural for us to be here. Um, you know, we grew up about... Maybe like, you know, hour and a half, two hours north of New York City or so. So okay. um, we moved here in September when she got a new job. She works for a company called Catbird and makes jewelry. She is a jeweler. So she gets to do super cool shit because it's not just like boring jewelry. It's like every girl's favorite hipster jewelry. Oh, so, that's sick as shit. That's yeah, so plus cool. she gets me discounts on gold. And I get to look cool. <laughs> I'm in the mirror every night, flexing on myself. <laughs> Dude, honestly, when, my whole thing, man, when I make a milli, I'm going to have huge <laughs> pinky rings, silk all the time. But, like, silk matching, like, shirt and top and bottoms. And then, like, opened up, big belly, DJ Khaled style, like, Gucci slips, whole nine. It's going to be great. I love that. I always imagine when I make a milli, I'm going to be, like on someone else's boat, even though I could afford my own and then talking so much shit and then taking off the pinky ring. Like I'm about to do something and then be like, you know what? I'm out. You know, honestly, that's cause you're smart. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't need a boat for myself. I can be on someone else's boat. That's fine. It's just way more cost effective that way. You know? <laughs> yeah. My, my parents have a boat, but it's not like a crazy boat, but it's pretty fucking cool. We, I like that boat and they live on this nice little lake community in the Catskills and upstate New York. And it's pretty oh my awesome. God. 
Yeah. It sounds incredible, man. Yeah, they're cute. It's like one of those places where the first time the fit guys came there, they were like, yeah, we should probably record music here because it's awesome. <laughs> it's uh, awakening something within me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's great. pretty fun. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> they've got a good setup, and they're great to hang out with. I love them. They're very easy to chill with. They're not just your standard parents, which is nice. Do you have uh, brothers and sisters, or is it just you? I have one sister. She is um, two years older than me, and she has a three-and-a-half-year-old son and a husband, and they're super sick. They're actually living at my parents' at the moment because my brother-in-law just got a new job. Um, he worked at West Point, the military academy, and now is going to be working at like an armory in upstate. So they are making the move, and their house sold really fast so <laughs> they are kind of in between at the moment but it's really cool like getting to be around um my nephew as much as we can and getting to spend time with them because he's just a sponge and is growing so fast that you got to try to keep up i love that do you um do you want kids someday oh fuck are yeah you? yeah i yeah. need a little me running around i think that would be a blessing to earth <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I love kids. I think they're super fun. Um, but we'll see when, really, because I'm more married to Fit for a King at the moment than. Yeah, it'd be like know, that. Kids. Yeah, because, I mean, Bobby has enough kids for all of us where we can just go and play with his <laughs> and pretend like we have some. So it works out. Rent a kid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've thought about that as my next business venture when Featured X, you know, kind of plateaus and I have every artist on the planet. I'll just look back and be like, you know what? Actually, you can't even make jokes about that shit anymore. I know. Everything in the news is like, this person fucks kids. This person sold a kid. I, I literally just read an article on Facebook. Someone was like, yeah, this lady sold her child to settle a $200 drug debt, and now her five-year-old oh, is dead. It's, it's like disgusting. Cheery. It's, it's just kind of, here's, here's what I'm hoping, right? We understand our place in society. Most people do. Most forward-thinking people understand what we want in the world. So we know that these tech moguls are making billions and billions and billions of dollars, and that's fine. I mean, I don't know how, ma how many times I've hit buy now on during this whole quarantine on um totally on amazon alone right so here's the thing develop the eyesight or the chip that goes into the humans out them we line them up we kill them all the predators and then we can go back to making casual jokes about the world because the world needs to heal from the pain right but we just need to get all the pieces of shit out of the world first you know what i'm saying so like let's just bro, get I'm on it jeff you. bezos what are you doing bro like you got all this money what could you be doing? What is should, yo, him what and, did he do? All right, imagine this. Him okay. and Elon, they team yep. up. They supply everyone with those blowtorches. Yep. And then <laughs> we gather all the pedos and the chomos. Mm, Audi. And we burn them. Um, I mean, goodbye. Be fun. You had a chance, bud. You Dude, had a like, chance. It's not like I have better things to do with my time at the moment i really don't like i have things to do but not that much what have you been doing to pass this time are you a video gamer are you a meditator are you like a avid masturbator what do you 
Dude, honestly, all three. Um, no, okay. I'm not a video game player because my dad beat me as a kid um, in video Ooh. games. That um, oh, my dad that never scary. laid a hand on me because he's incredibly buff and he would have fucking killed me. He's still. Oh, super so your dad's jacked. a coward then? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad disciplined me with like out violence. It's like weird. That's, I know most. That's people, beautiful. Yeah, right. No, he was intimidating enough where, like, I literally, there was one time in my life where I, like, I mean, I always had temper tantrums because I'm an emotional basket case. But (laughs) this one particular time, I called my mom a bitch because she, like, pissed me off at a track meet. Bruh, when he came in the house that night, (laughs) he did not have to touch me, but I knew. You know, he go whoop my ass. He could whoop my ass right now. Yeah, legit. He still could. Um, you know, he he's pretty strong. Uh, he's really strong, I should say. Um, and you know, him and my mom are both feisty, so I wouldn't really want to test them. The only time my mom's hit me is because we were at Christmas, and my all my <laughs> cousin like little cousins got these Nerf guns. And I was like, oh, you got to do it like this, Timmy. And I took the gun and I pointed at my mom and she's like, you're going to shoot somebody in the eye. And I was like, shut up. Pop. And I shot it and I accidentally shot her in oh, the eye. And then she God. just came swaying. But I deserved that one because I shot my mom in the eye after she told me I was going to shoot someone in the eye. So, Dude, I'm so jealous of these very <laughs> satirical, like hilarious family moments. Like my family... I I love them. What whatever that word means, but good God, I come from straight trash, bro. Like I I was raised in the trailer park, so like all my stories are like too dark to even talk oh. about to my friends because they're like, dog, <laughs> that's just that sucks. Well, and I'm like, yeah, but it's funny, right? <laughs> it's yeah, years away. So I'll I love that. It. My parents, mm-hmm. we have stories like this, <laughs> dude. If I told you going down the line stories about my family we we could probably get on pretty good with that stuff and it just depends on if you want to like oh man there's so many good ones because i had an aunt who was a crackhead for like 15 years god bless her heart and now she's been sober for eight or nine and she's incredible and honestly i don't understand why people smoke meth because she looks amazing and, you know, like she didn't age at all. So people should just smoke crack instead. And you're straight yeah. edge, so I know you really receive that well. And you're probably like, yeah, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. Um. <laughs> no, I uh, I know. I mean, I was raised around it. Uh, the big thing that was in my family is my family struggled with. Um, so I don't know my dad, but the, the man that I consider my dad who blessed me with my brother and sister had huge heart issues. And so mm-hmm. it's fucking, it's fucking gnarly the way that, um, I won't go into full detail, but basically my mom and I were homeless at the time. And she like picked up this paper and saw this man that was dying from, or, or was going about to get a heart transplant. And her brother, she had two brothers. They were twins. One just died in his sleep mom. And it was like some, I, I don't know if you're religious or whatnot, but regardless of how you feel, I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I am, with um, this, but I think it's an interesting. I mean, my band comes from a, a religious background. We were te- okay, yeah, are yeah. technically a Christian band, but um, I think we would describe ourselves as Christians in bands now more so. But continue. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, and again, it wasn't. It, this isn't going to alter what I was going to say. I wasn't going to edit myself, regardless. But it was one of those moments where he put himself in all white, laid down, and died at 18 years old. 
So anyways, there's all these weird signs that lined up in my mom's crazy life at the time, right? She met this man and then he had heart transplant at like 25. And so we're living in this trailer park. Great man. He moves us out of nowhere um, in California and moves us to to Las Vegas where he is. They link up. We're living in a hotel for a few years and then they get addicted to speed. And it's the trippiest thing because speed – because my mom, she's a little bit more heavy set. If it was, damn, I'm putting her on blast right now, but whatever. She, she, she enjoyed it because it's almost like uh, this sort of ethereal lift, right? When speed becomes like a to, to like a more heavy set person, yeah. you, you don't feel that the pain, the waking pain, the joints, the things that your body goes. No, through. uppers and make my, you feel like superhero, right? And then my stepfather, who's I can't imagine what it's like to be 26 with another man's heart in your chest, but. You know, some gnarly shit, but I mean, he, he ended up passing away. Level, some people yeah, yeah. say that there's like a connection between that, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I've, I've, dude, I'm a nerd about that shit. I look heavy into it. But he ended up passing away around like 28. But like, dude, the, the line list of characters I met in this fucking trailer park are, I'm literally, I'm actually writing a book on it right now. It, it's so funny. Like, it's not funny, right? But 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 it is funny. Like I'm thinking about yeah. how our neighbor, his name is Raul, right? And he had like every single bootleg VHS. And it, as awesome. a kid, in my eyes, I'm like, dude, this guy is a good dad. He has every movie and every video game. He got Sega and PlayStation. This guy's a legit good dad. Meanwhile, my dad works all the time. Must be a bad dad. Like, isn't it funny to imagine <laughs> yeah, young I- eyes versus? <laughs> Well, I watch uh, a TV show called 90 Day Fiance. And oh, I, I've heard. I've, and I've dabbled a few times. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And when you watch some of the stuff that these kids go through where like this kid is five years old and he meets this guy that his mom met on vacation in South Africa for the first time and he calls him dad. And it's like, that's not your dad. That's a guy that your mom is dating. And you see these girls that... I shouldn't say girls, just people in general that kind of do that with their kids, with strangers. And it's like, how do you expect your kid to be fucking normal? Dude, oh my God, it's it's a crazy formula, man. I I met so many of my mom's corny ass boyfriends. So Mike ended up, or the man, my stepfather ended up passed away at 28, which is so fucking gnarly to think like, oh, I'm older than my quote unquote dad ever was, right? But anyway, so I met all these fucking goofballs. And I don't know if you have um, – you ever heard of a store called Big Lots? Yeah. Okay, so there was this one goon, bro. She was dating from Big Lots, and this guy was mad weird. And he rolled up in the parking lot. I remember calling my mom. She worked at like CVS or something when we finally moved um, to the East Coast. So I'm like, Mom, there's this like, balding white dude in the driveway. And um, she's like, oh, yeah, that's that's Ricky. He's from Big Lots. Can you just go outside and – you know, tell them that tell them that I'm not there, and I'm thinking to myself, God damn, like this is so weird. Like I knew I was losing a dad and all this, but I didn't know I was going to have to be one at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jesus so in Christ. the same vein, in the same vein, it's kind of gnarly to be like, oh, this is your dad, and it's like, it just I, I'm very interested in the psychology that goes into um, a kid, the oldest kid's head. Uh, our generation probably is plagued with this, but like that when you have to have that serious dialogue with the mom's boyfriend it's always like a it's it's more than just a you're not my dad it's more like a no seriously you don't you don't fucking know (laughs) yeah no i it's 
got to be incredibly difficult. I can't really imagine. I mean, for me, it's just stuff I've seen on television right. or watching family members that have de- like, for instance, my aunt who who had the troubles. Um, like her kids were raised by my grandparents, um, and it was difficult for them because they were they are black and they were raised by two old white people. Um, so it was, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting experience for them. Um, but I can't really imagine being put in a position where you have a step parent come in and you have to, um, you know, really say like, Hey, I know you're here and you want to hang out with my mom, but I want nothing to fucking do with you. So don't try to be my dad and don't try to like yeah. step over that line. I, uh, I accrue all of my early findings of hardcore and punk to the fact that I was like, never again will a stepdad call me their son. (laughs) That's kind of what started out the whole, like, I'm going to get tatted as soon as I can. I'm going to rock a wallet chain. Okay. I'm going to start making out after school on the regular when I'm supposed to be doing anything else. You you know, stepdads turn your boy punk. I mean, are you kidding me? That's my medicine. I, I mean, when I was younger, I was like, as soon as I found a, found out about uh, the ladies, bro, it was it was dangerous. Because well, you you are a lady killer. You were one of the most handsome dudes in the scene. I think. Don't, don't flatter me. I'm dude, small. Here's the thing. I'm short as hell, so I'm gonna just throw that. I'm out five there. seven. So oh, okay, it's okay. Right, but well. that's why I lift weight. Well, I shouldn't say I do lift weights. I haven't in four months, except for this week. But generally, that's why I'm a goddamn beefcake. Because you're trying to, yeah, I get you. I, I have get to you. compensate because my penis is a half an inch long. Um, bro, it's not about the penis. We don't even get to the penis anymore, bro. To. Imagine if that was true, though. That would be really, that would be hard. And for anyone that's listening that does have a half inch long penis, I'm sorry. I feel Swag. for you. Um, that's got to be <laughs> tough. Yeah, I, you know, I I think in throughout life I always felt pretty normal like I guess the height thing is annoying because if I was 6'2 I definitely wouldn't do good things with it I would probably be a murderer but um right or or you do something completely crazy like yeah I'm gonna be a um a boxer or worse like a stunt stunt man yeah well I did martial arts as a kid I have a black belt in taekwondo and for a while my mom actually thought it was a good idea for me to get into MMA but um I just didn't want to break bones, um, and I already. Are have, you a hmm? are you a fighter type of guy? Are you are you like a you a swooner? You a talk shit guy? Are you like a pop off and try to fight somebody type of person? I will if you make me mad. I'm gonna just like get in your face and scream at you. I won't hit you first because I know how I hit, and I don't really want to go to jail. Okay, um, but okay. like I've never been the instigator. Um, I think I haven't been in that many fights. I didn't want to fight because I did it throughout my whole childhood, so I didn't have that itch to be like I'm a fucking tough guy. Like I had <laughs> I had fought in, you know, in martial arts and gotten my ass kicked and I had times where I kicked ass. It's pretty even, you know, and I think anyone that does martial arts will explain that where it's a lot of guys that do jujitsu now, it's like the greatest thing about it is getting your ass whooped every day by somebody that's 30 pounds lighter than you just because they're better at the sport. So I never really had that, but I would get in if I needed to. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't really like scared of it. I think it's, and I don't say that to be like, I wasn't fucking scared of fighting. Like, I think it's <laughs> interesting. I think it's 
like fun. And when you're in a, a scenario where it's like, my boy is about to get stomped, like I'm going to punch out. But then yeah. I had had times where like I sat back and smoked a blunt while bless the fallen before their eyes got beat up in the <clears throat> chance alleyway. Um, yeah. So shit happens. I'm not always trying to get involved because I don't really like getting in trouble. That's my main thing. Um, me, me too, man. That and I've, I haven't had health insurance in a hot ass minute. So like, you know, your boy's wild car got oh, sold a crazy. long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that's when I started getting crazier on stage is when Fit got health insurance. Um, See, that's swag. That's that's definitely the next step for for broadside. Um, is yeah, getting man. that like legit that that you know because then it's a headspace. It's it's a it's a everybody in the band is like okay, cool. Like I'm taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a big I, thing. As, as you know, before that, it's like, man, how long can this last? what happens if I fall off stage? And now I'm trying to get to that point where it's like, yeah, I'm going to throw myself off stage. Exactly. I'm an artist. <laughs> Dude. And you want to feel comfortable enough to take it to the max. And that was definitely a worry for me. But once we got it, I was like, okay, I'll climb whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll drink whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to have fun. Cause people don't, when they see our show, you know, my, I'm trying to be flavor flavor. I'm not trying to be like toast and a bossy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to go up there and just have fun and put on a show. So I want to disrupt people's times as much as I make them enjoy it. Um, I love that. That's kind of always been my headset because, like, look, man, I know what I look like. I know my stupid fucking haircut. I, I get the first perception nice that I get. I, I agree, you know. I agree. But, you know, <laughs> you know, some people are going to come through and they're going to be like, this fucking guy. But so my thing was when we played Warped, when we had all these chances, I knew, I know what it's like, bro. I mean, I've been grinding this shit for fucking 11 years. So it's like I've been to hardcore shows. I grew up in hardcore. I started fucking with metalcore when it was popping off. And then I started uh, getting into the, like the screamy emo shit. And then now yeah, it's like yeah. I don't even know what I am. But oh, my point is, is yeah. I know – the vibe so so when if i can stop people in their tracks if i can just get them to at least be like yeah he he's corny looking or i wouldn't introduce him to my girlfriend or whatever but i do fuck with him you see what i'm saying like i try to i try to get that quick left hook boom yeah. that's the way i approach every show that definitely is a thing for guys too where they're like man i don't want them to listen to this band because that guy's look good looking but me i'm like man i'm gonna listen to that band because he's hot um <laughs> that's me too that is that is me too like and it's better when that yeah. person ends up not being a complete dickhead because then you're like you know what i'll allow myself that you know it's like when you get yourself a little dessert after dinner yeah. you know you take your someone you take your special someone out and you're like you know what it's just like oh dessert's expensive and you're like not tonight it's not that's hey, what girl, it's like i got so if i see somebody free, you know what i'm saying free i'm gonna go cook it myself too yo honestly i got that souffle for you bitch Ratatouille. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, dude, I didn't know what you were going to be like. I'll be honest. I mean, I've watched your band for a while. I like your band. You're, like I said, I think you're one of the most handsome guys in the scene. And you're also straight edge. So I was like, man, I'm this, like, dumpster fire, stoner, weird dude. I wonder what he's going to think of me. But um, you've been super, super fucking nice. It's awesome. Dude, I love people. Um, I think what I'm guilty of is being my own worst enemy and kind of um, putting up this barrier because I, I think that people won't fuck with me because I'm intense. So, like, I, I often just kind of, like, low-key. 
Yeah. And then you add on top of the other stuff and then it just kind of makes me look like a douchebag. But in reality, man, like I'm, I'm more interested to hear about you and your life and why you started a podcast than, than probably you are talking to me. So I'm just happy to be here, you know, and I'm super stoked to be featured X. That was sick. That was such a crazy experience for, for me, especially with the, uh, the first, the first joint, you know, they hit me up and I was like, Oh, this, this is dope. And then I was like, I, I, I don't know. It just, it put me in a, in a weird, in a weird. And I say weird in the sense of like, really like coming to moment where I was like, Holy shit, these like younger band. And I say younger meaning like in the scene, not younger. And I don't know how fucking old they are, but you know, they're reaching yeah. out and they're saying things like, yo, would love to have you on a track. Wouldn't have heard of you if it wasn't for blank, blank, blank. And I don't know, man, that's, that's pretty dope that you and I, our bands don't make similar noises when we plug our shit in on stage and we hit that sound check. We don't make similar sounds, but here we are doing the same fucking song and dance. It's the same formula and that's cool. So it's really nice, man. And I'm, yeah, the featured X thing has been really cool. And I do want to ask you some questions on what your experience yeah. is like, has been with that. Cause you're one of the people who's actually completed a feature. Um, <laughs> but it's been really fun. Ooh, Evan's calling me. Oh man. That's my best friend. His name's Evan. I'm Evan. him, but, um, sorry. Yeah. So the whole featured X thing has been really nice to work on and it's pretty much taken up um, a majority of my time the last two months. Um, Cause it, my buddy Jeff who owns the site with me, he had the idea one morning when we were just on the phone and I was like, Oh shit, that's brilliant. I need to call Kirby. And then I called Kirby and was like, if I make this thing, will you do it? And he was like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah. So he didn't say fuck yeah because he doesn't cuss. But, I mean, occasionally, but really rarely. He's not like me. But um, then I just hit up, like, everybody, and, and you were one of the first people I went after because I was like, man, I hope I, – I just love your band, and I love the new record so much. Um, and it, I'm really glad that you did it, man. It, it means a lot. You flatter me. I think you – yeah, I really thank you for letting me be a part of that. Um, I, I, like I, I was telling you before um, in our text, but I really just want to like, bro, I, I have, when I say ego, and I don't know how much you dive into spirituality, but it's like, it's like I've developed this crazy ego and it's not like I'm in a band, I'm the shit. Not not that type of, that's, that's surface level human shit. I've overcome mm-hmm. that. What I have with my ego is there's this voice inside of me saying like, this shit is over for you. You're going to slam to a fucking wall. And now you got to go get a normal lifestyle and you got to embrace this or you're going to become trailer trash like your fucking family. So there's this crazy ego that I've been dealing with, especially since this pandemic hit. So in actuality, I've had a few friends reach out to me with business endeavors. Um, um, and I'm in like a book club. We're reading this super dope book right now about human existence. And then, you know, reaching out to you, befriending you, and then you being like, yo, I'm doing this thing. Would you be love to be a part of it? It's really starting to make me feel like, uh, it's 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 uh it's uh achievable you know yeah, what i'm saying we're all gonna survive we're gonna yeah. get through this and it's just it takes everyone coming together and you know some people that i've talked to in the industry they're worried they say you know what if there's someone who's too money hungry and does too many features and it ruins music that should be your last concern right now your number one concern should be 
How are my artists that create a livelihood for me by selling records, touring, and being artists going to survive this year-long period when they can't fucking work? And it infuriates me. And there are people that are worried about the red tape and how do we get around this? And what about the record labels? Are they going to come for the money? You know what, man? The ones that are real, like your label owner, Sean, when I hit him up and I told him about this, he just goes, great idea. Let me know if you need any help getting anyone. And I have a majority of the Sharptone roster on my roster because he's a great fucking guy. He's not concerned because he trusts all of you. He doesn't exactly. have to check that's on the you. thing. That's the thing. Exactly. Like Sean is like straightforward with the shits, you know, like he was one of the dudes that I first met where, you know, when you meet somebody so casual, it annoys you. Mm-hmm. That's Sean. Oh He's yeah. very just like, yeah, man, sounds cool. And you're like, no critique, no yes or this or yes. And, you know, um, he's just a good dude. And, and yeah, I was talking to him about it and anyone I talk to, anyone I talk to, about Sean, you know, um, they're just kind of like, yeah, man, he's dope. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's one of those guys that even when, like, because we record in LA when we make our last two records with Drew Folk, and um, mm. him and his wife, Beth, they live close by, so we'll just yeah. like, go hiking and see them and spend time with them because they're nice. And it, it's just, he's not a suit. He's not like that. Um, he knows when to, how to keep everyone on the ship and like how to keep you all, um, doing your best. And he has a fantastic vision, but he also knows when to trust bands. It seems like, and, you know, and this is just the outside looking in at the way the sharp tone operates and the, the things that I've been able to receive from his wisdom. But, um, you know, it's just cool seeing a roster, of not just one style of band. I mean, he he capitalized having the best of new metalcore, but also yeah. picking up bands like yours on top of it is one of those like, hmm, okay, I see what you're doing. You're just going for the best of the best of everyone that needed to be brought together. Because you guys, I would love to talk about this, <laughs> what the fuck was it like being on Victory Records, the now defunct record label? Um, all right, so let me ask you a question. How um, how old are you? I'm 31 years old. All right, I, we are I, in the same cir- same circle. Okay, yeah. so all right, so look, I've been I was touring in bands probably much like every same old song and dance. I was fucking in a band, so I was 15 years old. You know, ever since the the balls dropped off my tiny frame, I was like, I'm going to sing in a band. First, I started screaming in a band. And then I was like, you know what's sicker than that? Making out with girls. And you know what gets making out with girls? Yeah, buddy. Singing. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to sing. So anyways, I've been doing this shit. All the bands that really balanced all my weird love of bands that I fucked with growing up. I was really, my uncle got me into some dope ass bands like The Cure, um, Depeche Mode, uh, Joy Division, like all these like sort of, you know, poetic, the good whiny bands, right? And the I, and first I, and generation I, Right. And I love that shit. And, and it sat with me because I was a broken child and still am just a broken child man. But anyway, so I found those bands and then I was like, you know what? I need a little bit more oomph than I found bands like Gorilla Biscuits and Minor Threat and all these like fucking thrashy dope ass bands. And I was like, this is cool. And then around what 2002 2003 you started to see like taking back sunday really 
present mm-hmm. and Thursday really present. And I was like, dude, these bands right here are the shit to me. So yes. that shit was in, sunk into my mind. So you tell 25-year-old Ollie, who's been grinding, doing this shit, my um, drummer had just left. We were popping off in Richmond. We took $200. We filmed a little music video literally right up the street. Um, and we just <laughs> – we jacked – this is like some crazy shit. Jacked emails from all of the people that we knew, Alt Press Japan, Alt Press, you know, all this shit like that. And we are just like, hey, we're a band called Broadside. Check this out. Check this out. Next thing you know, we started to get a little bit of notoriety. One year later – Victory Records reaches out to us. There was a couple other label interests uh, on the on the table, but we had one member leave, and they they pulled their fucking offer off, which is trash. Because now they've been like, "Damn, we wish we would have signed Broadside," which is the type of shit that makes me want to hang myself. But anyways, um, you want to put so, them on blast? I, I would, but I definitely shouldn't. That's <laughs> no, okay. Uh, um, but anyway, so so you know, Victory. I, I'm 25 years old. I, I just met an incredible woman, so my I felt my emotions uh, diving into this relationship. But also that dream. Here's the thing about me, man. That that and and maybe some people experience with this. Like when I say I'm fucking crazy, bro, I will grind my teeth until them shits are presentable enough to smile for hours, if it'll get me farther in life. Yeah. That is how I feel about anything that I do. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just who I am. So. My Love band it. was dis- disbanded. Vic- Tony Brummel emails me and says, heard your demo, would love to have you to come to Chicago and check you out. I say, okay. Now, I call all the guys individually. I was filling in for another band. This is how this shit is, bro. I didn't even know their lyrics. I was filling in for this band as a singer, and every now and then I would sneak sheets of paper down beside the, cat, beside the uh, wedges, and I would just pop down there, read the lyrics real quick, and pop back up. And the kids never knew. I was just obsessed with just like being a front man, like a fucking lunatic. But anyway, so I love it. I call the guys. They're all like, I don't know, dude, I'm weary about this. And I'm like, what the fuck else have you got in life? And they're like, you're right. And I'm like, ride with me, Tupac style. They're like, all right, we, we have to take out a loan, a $500 loan to pay for gas to drive to Chicago. <laughs> we go to Chicago. We go to this warehouse fucking 20 minutes late. Tony rolls up with all of, uh, I guess, the big, who worked at Victory at the time, Lo- later be our PR agent and all that stuff. Because they all do they do all in-house shit. They come in. He's like, I had this whole set. I had what I was going to say planned out. And, and homie's like, yo, three of your best songs, go. It was like this warehouse set up. And I was like, all right. This is this is the music industry, you know. This is the one that yeah, I've dreamed I've about. Yeah, done one showcase and it was terrible. <laughs> and I and I like fell. I think in the middle of it, I've never fallen on stage except for one time. That was the time. Um, Tony's walking around, putting his finger up against his ear, you know, like um, listening around for I don't I don't know. I've been years into this shit on the professional side, and I'm still like don't know what he was listening for. But you know, a day later, we're driving back, silent in the van, smelling like dog shit, and we're like cool uh, i don't know what happens we get an email saying we want to sign you guys get a lawyer so man that fire just kind of ignited you see what i'm saying yeah i was like this is the universe this is my option this is what i was supposed to do i don't have shit else i didn't go to college you know what i'm saying It, it was just it was just gnarly and so man it caught me so i saw that the other labels have pulled the pulled the joint 
and I, I pulled their offer and I was like, all right, well, I'm down with this. Other guys are down with it. Boom, boom, boom. For a few years, it was totally chill. We, we went out to Kyle Black in LA, you know, they fronted all the money, um, covered it all. And it, it was nuts. It was like, they were like, cool with the shits. Our Huge singles experience. took off. You're just like, yeah, okay, massive. now I'm thrust yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we put out a single and it does very, very well. Um, uh, it's a song called Coffee Talk, and that shit put us on the map. I mean, like, still does very well. That's a, that's what I'm saying. It still does. It's like 13, 14 million streams, and you know, so it's like gnarly shit. But I was thinking, that's okay, crazy. all we needed was a label. You know, all we needed was a label because I've got the talent, I've got the juice. Nobody runs me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Maybe. But then, lo and behold, members start leaving. Ego, real ego, not the ego I was talking about, starts popping up within the band. Members start quitting. I start seeing this darker side of the label. Um, I was like, bro, I don't understand how we're like, uh, shit, let me how to figure out how to navigate this. I didn't understand the intense amount of pressure to, after every show, call them, <laughs> update them on what sold, what people were like, what people were reacting to. It just didn't make sense to me. And then so we started to have uh, – once we started making a little money, I was hiring. Um, I listened to your uh, podcast with Michelle, like people mm-hmm. like Michelle. Michelle joined our team, and they would have to do that. They'd have to call the label, let them know what sold, what was working, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, so so for a while, it's safe to say that Back Broadside was the most popping band. when people care about sound scans and shit. Right. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's safe to say that Broadside was the most popping thing they had on the label. At the time, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, but I just don't know what happened, man. Things got shifty and shady, and then a couple motherfuckers in my band got real shifty and shady. A couple of them, God bless their soul, left and and uh, and uh, you know wanted to start families. I got no no judgments to them, but then some of them, the ego just got there, and shit got real shady. And then with with Victory, they were kind of in my ear, bro. And it was the first time, it was like two years ago, that I started seeing some darkness, right? Because I'm about to. Yeah. I'm depressed as shit. I want to put a fucking bullet through my head. Almost did it four or five times. I'm like, what's going on with my band? We got no silence. We got no money left with the label. Like, kids don't fuck with us anymore because members keep shifting in and out. And I'm too low-key to go on, on Twitter and be like, this is actually what happened. You know, but yeah, yeah. that's whatever, time and place. But, um, you know, I'm like, what? he's like, what are you going to do? This guy left the band. What are you going to do now, Oliver? You need to write a good record. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months, I take my depression leave. I call the guys that are in my current band now who have been, who I've known since the jump. Like this band called Old Again. I, I, I like literally oh, inherited they were signed all. to uh, Franz. Yeah, Franz's, Franz's uh, label. Yep. And then so I've been home. Their record came out on the same day that our record came out with victory and so we just did a little mini east coast tour we we were huge on those broadside was like every other week we were doing east coast tours we go up to new york all the way down to florida boom 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 just banging out that's the best part about the east coast um you know so but so so i'm very big on like if if i'm gonna fuck with you and you're gonna make money with me like i need to know you because money's a very trivial and serious thing so i knew them i acquired them you know, they, their band broke up, whatever, whatever. I was like, I've known you guys forever. Join my band, yada, yada. Long story short. But anyway, so I take them on and say, look, guys, we got to go write this third album because I owe Victory four records. We have two out of the four. Let's go write this third album. I don't know how it's going to get paid for 
or, you know, I, I know how it's going to get paid for, but yada, yada. We go in the studio. I write the best fucking record I possibly can. Very organic. I've never written with these guys before. I written with the old members. I'm talking to Victory. They're sending people out to the studio. They're like, all right, yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. But it felt so distant, bro. Yeah. I get home, bro. I get home. I'm listening to you know how it is after you demo shit out. You're li- you listen to them shits like 50 times. I listen to a record. I show my girlfriend. You know, have the best morning ever. After I get home, I'm like, because I just finished the tour, then went right into the studio. And I'm sitting there, and bro, two days later, before my sleep could even catch up with me, I read an article talking about from Lamb Goat maybe or something. It was like Victory Records gets acquired, or whatever. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself. Wait a second, bro. I got the I got the the uh, engineer and my and and texting me like, "Hey, no, I haven't been paid for. Uh, what's up with this?" And I'm like, "I have no clue. Let me call up there." I call up there. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, no sweat, no sweat." They kind of give me that runaround for like two months, three months. I'm broken at this point. I'm like, I have a record, I'm still depressed. I'm getting a little chunky, <laughs> and um. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have this whole record. I have this whole career that I put five years into at this point um, with this same label. And all of a sudden, they're telling me everything's fine. Lo and behold, record gets sold. I have to call up to uh, I have to call up to the other label that acquired them. What was it, like, like BMG or something or another major? Um, yeah. Shit. What was it, babe? No, no, no. What was the other label? Concord, Concord, Concord that's what Music it was. Group. Yeah, okay. yeah, and cool. they were dope. Like I talked to the lawyers and shit up there, and I was trying to explain my situation, right? And bro, I'm like, look, you know, da da da. They're like, okay, so here's what happened. We bought that stuff. We bought all of Victory's catalog. I'm talking to Victory. Victory's like, nah, I don't sweat it. So in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, bro? Like, what is going on? Where's my record? Like, yada yada. Record sales have been paid for. Anyways, another month goes by. This is three months after I recorded the album of silence they say concord hits me up and they say here's what we're going to do we're going to quit claim the record back to you we're going to keep your first two records um we don't have any place for you here so uh you we're going to give you the record back you can shop it do whatever you want oh i never i never talked to victory records again i don't know what happens i don't know exactly what happened Honestly, you're kind of blessed in that situation, bro. I know. Tony hit me, or someone hit me up from Old Victory and was like, yo, we're starting a new label. If you want to put out that third record, I just, I don't think I responded. And I searched, shopped around, and then I just, Sean was our manager. Sean was managing us from the jump for free. Like, he fucked with us back in the day for free, yeah. but he had some qualms with, um, with Victory. So, like, that's why we couldn't ever make moves, moves because they were, they were beefing over, I think, some, um, and mirror shit. It's not really my story to tell, but I oh, think no, that's that what makes it was. Sense, so. Yeah, I think that's what it was around. So, but anyways, yeah, Sean was like, "Look, this makes sense. We'll just sign you on for the record. You just, you know, boom, boom." It was a great deal, a deal that I never, like I said, I we had never had a broadside merch store in five years of being a band. It what? was all through Victory. Yeah, it was all through Victory. They printed right, everything in house, baby. Yes, sir. So now it's like. That's what I'm saying with Sean. So it's so chill because he's just kind of. I'm like, yo, I want to add this to the merch store, and he's like, all right, cool, yeah, sure. And That's I'm like, great. what the fuck is this world? So, well, yeah, I, I know that was a little bit boring and drawn out, but it, no, it was no, no. it was chaos basically. Just I love towards the end it. there. 
I wanted to know. It is time for the mid-row-mosh! Here we are again with another mid-row-mosh. And let me tell you, this is a good one. It's a great one. I'm really stoked on it. Not like I'm not stoked every other week, but I'm extra stoked this week. Every now and again, you see a band that has a killer band name, but you really hope that they won't suck. Turns out that this one didn't suck. Yay! They're a perfect blend of early 2000s metalcore and current production. Speaking of things that are perfect... Do you all know that Bobby from Fit for a King owns a plant shop? Yes. Yes, he does. I love having plants in my windows and keeping the house looking lively. You can go to growplantshop.com and order one for yourself. They ship extremely well. I know this because I've purchased some. Go buy yourself, your mom, whoever, your dog, a fucking plant and do it now. Why? Because if you don't, something really bad's going to happen to you. Um, no, probably not. But you should because they just had a new kid, Ozzy Ling. Shout out. So go support that family and go buy a plant because they rock. They're the best people on earth. Love you, Bob. Love you, Emily. You guys are the best. I want to give a shout out to some other great podcasts in the music category that I really like. Lead Lead Singer Syndrome, 100 Words or Less. That's Awesome Podcast with Joe from Ice Nine Kills. Metalcore Nerds with Sean Mott. Prada Pod with TDWP or Carry the Fire with Dustin Kensrew. I'm a huge Thrice fan and I've recently just started listening to Dustin's podcast and it's really nice because it's not just super music related. It's more just about life and feeling. So I think you'll all really enjoy it. It's very soothing. This week's choice for the mid-roll mosh is Marbled Regression by 30 Nights of Violence. Again, their band name is fucking awesome. and But holy shit, the... The band is great. It's not just about how awesome their band name is, even though that is why I first looked at it, because I really liked it. But I'm 31, so I like to tap into a little bit of nostalgia with bands, stuff that sounds like the early 2000s and stuff that I grew up on. 30 Nights of Violence has just enough nostalgia for the older crowd, but enough youth and aggression to feel modern. The way they spread the mic around the band, it really rules. Three of the five members of the band do vocals, which is fucking sick. The lead singer, Zach, has insane charisma, and I could watch him all day. Their drummer is the current live drummer for Code Orange as well, which is fucking cool. Go give this EP, You'll See Me Out There, a listen. It's out on Unbeaten Records currently. Support this band, and let's all hope that they get as huge as they should be. So here we go. My choice this week, Marbled Regression by 30 Nights of Motherfucking Violence. Thank you. 
that's just how it is where a lot of bands in there was a while where you know labels like victory or rise for a minute could just they sign a lot of bands and they just take you and they throw you all at the wall they give you shitty deals they see who sticks and then other bands break up and die like you know there was a million of those bands in the early rise years and a bunch in victory as well it's just part of the system and it's part of what goes what the issue is when your band actually does well after yeah. you signed one of these deals, that's yeah. when you all of a sudden are like, wait, 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 what? I'm worth something? This is fucked up. How am I in this situation? And you have to try to correct it, and that's extremely difficult. But it it is possible. I mean, it's funny. I had a, There was a band from where I grew up in the Hudson Valley, and they were really good. They were called Meridian. And oh, I know who Meridian. Yep. Yeah, they signed to Victory. And had oh, yeah. a horrendous deal. And then um, the band wanted... The Screamer quit. The band was going softer. And then they just like broke up, I think. Um, but it stinks because they were kind of a day to remember And they were really good. Chris could sing his ass off and the Screamer was great. But without the lead vocalist, it wouldn't yeah. be the same. Um, it's, but, it's trippy yeah. because I... Um you know, I, I sit back now, right? And I think, 
okay, now that I'm actually into like, I embrace the fact that I am at the core an entrepreneur and I fuck with, like, I love money now. I love talking about money and I love like money is great. investing. I love credit. I love, I love all that shit. And something I never thought I would be into again, trailer trash, bro. I used to chew bubble gum off the ground, bro. It was nasty, but, <laughs> but you know, so anyways, I look at this deal and I'm like, yeah, it's a hundred percent our fault. But at the same time, man, you take what you can get. You take what you can get, and bro, and at the time we got a lawyer, bro. I got a lawyer. He looked over the shit and was like, "Yeah, this looks good. Let's read it." Because they wanted five records, we negotiated down to four records, and, and that's I was not like, bad. "Word, word, word." And I and at the time I was like, "Yeah, I got four records in me. I'm a fucking artist, man. I can write. F- I could write four records right now if I had to, yep. realistically." But you know what happened was you're right. It took off, and I was like. After four years, I moved to LA thinking I was going to be some hot shit. I get out there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at all these indie musicians that are like, yeah, I pay my $5,000 one bedroom apartment rent off my one song on Spotify. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, what? (laughs) You do what? Bitch, I got mad songs on Spotify. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it it is what it is. Owning your masters is an interesting uh, conversation. And... <clears throat> it's something that I've been thinking a lot about because my business partner and I, um, for Feature Decks, we do have plans to eventually launch a label um, that would allow for musicians to own the majority of their masters. Um, mm. But it's one of those things that people don't consider to, they don't know how much money it generates because they've never had it. Most of these bands have never owned a song fully, so they don't know what it's like to just right. sit back and, you know, if you have one song and it generates 10 million plays, how much money does that accumulate? Most of these people can't answer that for you. And so how it trickles down, too. A lot of people don't know, like, that every bit of the process can make money, whether it means engineer, writing, you know, like if you want a credit on it, yeah, or publishing if you want a and point. masters, yeah, you know, splitting publishing, things exactly. up. That's one of the things that we're starting to do with Featured X. So, we, if you don't have a lawyer, do you have a lawyer, Holly? Uh, I do not know. Okay, so we are um, talking to a lawyer at the moment. Um, well, two lawyers, but they work together as a team and they represent a bunch of badass bands on our scene and um, they're considering coming on as representation. So like what we want Holy to be shit. able to do is to be able to have everyone retain some of the um, publishing and masters on the features that they do because what if one of these songs does take off? Exactly. That's a that's a great point. And that's and that's the thing is like that's the best thing about working with like you is because you speak the language like you get it, man. You're not, you yeah. know, you're not out to destroy. You're not a fucking mogul. You're not no, out here like I'm a musician. Yeah, I'm just exactly trying to keep things organized. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But uh, yeah, sorry, I, I had to be a that. bit vague on the um, on some of it. I mean, no, 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 you know, no, for no, the most were, part, victory was good to us because we were the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like we were a cute little band and we were doing our thing and like. Uh, they saw the fight in me and they played that to their advantage. And that's good because like, you know what I'm saying? I'll set the room on fire if it means that I'm still shining. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not, but at the same time, it is heartbreaking to know like, man, um, I don't like the idea that I let somebody make so much money off of me and not question anything in return. Um, I didn't cover my own assets. So, yeah. you know, it was a learning curve and, and, and 
at the same time, can I sit here and say, fuck victory? I don't think I can because at the same time, who the fuck was I before then? You yeah, know they I'm got saying? you out there and they did good by you. I mean, a four record deal is good. A 360 deal is tough, but that's what happens with young bands that don't have a following and it's exactly. just part of the system. Now, um, you know, it's you, you get used to it. And I think that it's one of those things that maybe in time will adjust. But the reality is that music, people think that it doesn't generate very much money because that's what they're told. But the reality is music does generate a lot because we get extra streams essentially through systems that are, you know, algorithms in the Spotify world that allow you to reach new people. So you have to um, keep that into consideration. But I still think that signing a record deal is a good thing because of the reality yeah. that it's it's essentially like a bank loan. Just don't sign a deal where you'll never retain any of your um, masters, even if it's right. 10 years down the road. Um, and these are things that people learn a long time. I mean, I've signed you know deals that are not super in my favor, but I also signed deals in relation to where my life was at, where, for instance, when I first joined Fit for a King, they could have put the biggest pile of shit in front of me and I would have signed that motherfucker because I wanted to be in the band. You wanted to be in the band, right, you know, exactly. I didn't have a choice. It was sign paper, be in band, or don't sign paper, no be man. And the reality is they could have <laughs> not had me sign the paper, never made me a real member, and just kept me as a touring member. And they didn't do that because they're great people and I love them. But, um, you know, being handling contracts is difficult, but I like to talk to young bands about that as much as possible. I'm really here always for advice in regards to that and having these conversations. But it's a learning experience every day. Um, yeah. It's, it's also crazy because now that I'm out of that world, you do start to see, like, <laughs> the only thing I'm mad at is, like, you know, when you're 25, 24, you're, you're so fucking hungry. You're willing to do whatever. Like, I mean, I was getting paid in French fries, you know, I'm fucking vegan. My band was like getting a full on little Caesars pizza for payment at some of these shows. And your boy was out here sucking on salt from French fries. And that's the hustle. That's the like, oh yeah, this is what happens. Right. So I think about certain things like now, like we're able to have our own merch store, bro. I could make a fucking shirt right now and put it online and it could do well. And I could pocket, you know, we could pocket that money and be like, Dope. Here's our rent for three months. Yeah, that, there I mean, is that's power in making money. Health insurance and shit. I mean, that's what you know. Rea- we you know use that money to be able to keep our lives together. The people think that the merch store is like, oh man, like they're just selling silly hats that say "Make FBK Heavy Again" because they're you know just gonna. They're trying to be funny or some shit, dude. I'm trying yeah. to fucking survive. And it's not like every month I'm going and being like, yeah, where's my merch check? I'm like, shit, this needs to pay some bills and keep our band, you know. 100, bro. You know, Bobby has three children. He can't lose his fucking health insurance, but also he works a job and owns a business, so that motherfucker could figure it out himself, I guess. You bitch! No, I'm just kidding. Bob's <laughs> my favorite. Um, everyone That's so knows sick. That. What, is, uh, what does he do? He owns Bird a plant job. shop. Um you can God, check it rocks. out. It's called growplantshop.com. Um, and he uh, just has really cool exotic plants that he sells out of this um, one of those like cute steel trailer thingies, um, the God old ones. Damn it. And, that rocks. Yeah, and they've been doing really well. I mean, even while the store was closed, they were crushing it online. And he actually just had his third child. He had a son a few weeks ago named Ozzy. 
and um, he's kicking butt. He's the best. Um, really, really tremendous dude. You know, it sucks. I like to say the word tremendous, but then every time I see it, all I hear is tremendous. <laughs> it's huge. His new baby is huge. It's the most tremendous baby that you've ever seen in your life. It's the biggest baby. We're going to be the best. Absolutely it's, the best. It's better than any baby from China, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> someone's going to edit this episode, and it's just going to be like, half-inch penis, China. You're tremendous. Yeah, and it'll be really good. Um, I'm excited, because I like to quick, keep it spicy bait, baby. on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we don't say anything too inappropriate, but we say just enough inappropriate things to keep it fun. But I love getting messages from people where they're like, dude, isn't Fit for a King like a Christian band? I just listened to your podcast and I'm like, Bro. You're like, yeah, but I'm nasty. You need to, yeah, you got to listen to the episodes where I explained. So originally I was going to do Fit for a podcast and then I was like, no, everyone's going to think that I'm terrible. So I'm going to do get tucked instead because it's funnier and I can say whatever I want. And well, it kind of sets the, uh, it sets the energy too with, 1, the, with a title like that. Yeah, when you exactly. when you ask someone if they want to get tucked, they yeah. know what they're getting into. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think we did in version one. I don't know if I asked you in version two because for those that are listening, we started recording and then I was paranoid where I was like, "Man, is this actually recording okay?" And then I had to go oh, back. Yeah. So I don't know. Hey Ollie, are you ready to get tucked? And I said, "Yes, I tuck my penis between my legs." Yeah, well, that's like the Silence of the Lambs thing. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. I don't care what you like. I like what I like. On its skin. <laughs> um, I, that's actually one of my Sleepy Time movies. Um, I have. Are you serious? Yeah, it's one of my no, favorite movies on Planet Earth. <laughs> I really, really admire Hannibal, and I'm deeply in love with Anthony Hopkins. Um, okay. All right. It's a weird thing. So. I have two movies that put me to sleep in about five minutes, and it's The Silence of the Lambs and The Dark Knight, because Heath Ledger's voice and Anthony Hopkins' voice, they just purr me to sleep, I think. They do something to you, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's amazing. And I just deeply admire both characters, because, you know, the... He Anthony Hopkins' character, Hannibal, is just such a genius, and the way that he is able to manipulate other humans and to understand them and the how deep the psychology goes in that character just really like it, it makes me interested in wanting to know more on how to be able to manifest that power with people um because psychology mm. is such a brilliant thing and i think that a lot of people should pay more attention to their own personal psychology and how they choose to speak to people and how to work with people because you know for instance owning featured x working with 150 artists you're not all the same you don't all want the same things i can't i can't be a robot and just be the same with all of you i have to be personal and i have to do it catered to the way that you want it because this is all for artists by artists this is a, a machine so long story short I just like really creepy characters, and I think that people who can get away with murder are brilliant. Do you uh, do you read it all? Are you a reader? Nope, not at all. Why not? No interest? Because I, or... can't sit, I can't. 
It's okay, I, dude. My what about audio books? Can you do audio books? I could and should do that because I would retain it very well. But okay. man, I am so challenged by reading. It really disheartened me as a kid where I just, I look at that page, man, and I read it. And I'm not dyslexic, but it just doesn't stick in my head Right on that first one. I have to read a page two or three times. Reread, right. Unless I'm super absorbed in it. But the ones that I'm so absorbed in is because I can picture it. So it's, oh, okay. I have to really be able to like attach myself to it. And I also just don't have any patience. I'm not, um, I never, I never wanted to challenge myself to be better at it. I didn't understand the importance of it. And I wish I put more time into it. My sister is a brilliant reader and, and she always had a passion for it. And, um, my fiance also reads all the time, blazes through books <laughs> but I just don't. I mean, You're like, how you, you do that? <laughs> well, you know what though? If you put her and I to a challenge of like watching a TV show and then dissecting it and talking about all the characters and how they break down, I'd smoke her. Where it's That's like the stoner oh, in you. Yeah, you don't. Oh, dude, one thousand percent. I'm just. Yeah. Like, yes, you don't even understand how deep. You're like, dude. Goes. How could he respond with such a rhetorical question when knowing? In his first episode, that is not his character arc. Exactly, dude. <laughs> um, and I think it, you know, and it's funny, too, because I say I don't like reading. I was a yeah. theater kid, and I So loved, was I. That's funny. I Yeah, it was the best, man. And I had a, such a good time. That ties into girls, too, because a lot of people oh, were like. Oh, big facts. They yep. would be like, oh, bro, why are you stopping playing football to do theater? And be like, because I'm dancing with, like, junior girls every night, and it's really fun, and i they're hot. Bro, like, are you kidding me? I held hands and held a titty because of theater. So shout out to theater dude, class. Girls would go skinny <laughs> dipping at my house on, like in the after our like summer. Uh, I shouldn't say girls. Everyone would. We would. Yeah. We did community theater, and okay. it's just like everybody that does theater in the summertime. You know, it's like a bunch of really interesting <laughs> like. Boys, girls, queer kids, everything mm-hmm. on the spectrum. Yeah, And rocks. then for some reason, everyone would just come to my house and my parents would just ignore the fact that there was a bunch of naked kids in their pool. I don't know if they were really asleep, but they always seemed to be asleep. <laughs> I, um, love, I love the idea of like your dad or something. I don't know anything about your dad, but in my head, this is what it's like. Wakes up, he's like, honey, there's a goddamn naked kids in the pool again. She's like. Just lay down. You know, kids are crazy. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, they were really cool where they just kind of always went with the flow of things when it was. Because definitely every, dude. like, you know, jockey dad in the, you know, early 2000s maybe would be like, why is my son wearing females' pants and you know, oh, yeah. hanging out with gay people at night? But my dad really didn't do that, which was great. Um, and I, <laughs> it's really nice. I had. Um, a really blessed childhood when it came to like that and like getting to figure out who I am. And I talked about that a bit on the last episode. Um, so it was an interesting thing. Theater was the greatest experience. I, I don't think I would perform the way I do on stage if it wasn't for, you know, four years of doing choreography three nights a week, you know. I would 100% like a hundred percent agree with that. I, I got into theater and then I got into theater production and man, I, I think in my senior year, I even did a, uh, babe, what's it called? Teacher aid. Yeah. I did like a teacher. Aid. I taught like theater to like, oh, awesome. I just, I fucked with theater 
in a way because in a way I was like kind of like <laughs> have you ever seen the Sopranos? Yeah. I haven't finished right. it. I've seen three seasons. Okay, perfect. So Christopher, you know how Christopher yeah. rolls into into theater and they're like, Who's this like kind of like <laughs> trashy guy? That's kind of the role that I had. Like I was down to say and do whatever whereas some people felt a little bit like, Oh my god, you just say how you're feeling. Yeah. And my theater teacher really ate that up. His name was Mr. Held and Dude, I don't know. He really did change my life because he really did open me up to one. He taught me what meditation was, and that shit changed my crazy ass life forever. And then two, he taught me how to think on my feet, and I think that's super, super important. Um, often, when I get around people, men in particular, they get fragile in the sense of I, I'm very quick, and as I can tell, I, I I love this conversation you and I are having because you are also very quick. So we can just kind of bounce this ball back and forth, you know, whereas sometimes, and I'm sure you've been in the situation, you walk into a room, you've never met a band before and it's fucking awkward. And either they look up to you or you're looking up to them. And it's just kind of this like, Hey, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Stoked on this tour. If it wasn't for theater, I wouldn't have been able to walk and be like, yo, those shoes are fucking fire. You're cute as hell. What's up, dude? Yep. And then it's just kind of like, boom, eradicated. Like, we're good. We're on the same level. Don't look at my fucking haircut. You know, like, right. don't look at anything. Like, we are here. We're human. I'm looking in your eyes. I see no more, no less than you. And then that it kind of breaks that down. That is the pothead club is we always <laughs> find each other within the first hour because I'm always just out. Especially, like, if we're headlining, which doesn't happen. You know, I just say every tour in general. First thing we do when we get to a venue is I'm like smoking and then what a weed at what a yeah, weed at and then well I'm usually with the weed so then the people just like <laughs> they flock in they're like hey you, you smoke pot and I'm like yes do you want to be my friend for the next thirty days I've All done right. grass before Please. I have done some grass here you are friend <laughs> do you smoke the herb um ganja? what's your sh- what's your uh what's your shit like in life if i come up to you and i say what are you into you're gonna tell me murder mysteries you've told me you're into psychology what's yeah, your thing I, what drives you as a person murder mysteries definitely if i'm watching tv but my favorite tv show is it's always sunny in philadelphia because i think it's the funniest most controversial greatest humor to ever touch blessed earth okay. um my shit but I as do. a person, like, say, I like this. You know, some people are like, oh, I really love Final Fantasy, whatever. Right? Like, it changes. I really me. love cooking. Okay. Cooking. Okay. Yes. Anything in particular? Any style? Or all no. cooking? Um, like, I, think I guess it's all gen- right there. You know, the thing that's the challenge for me always is my fiance is gluten-free and, like, the real type. Oh. Like, she gets sick, so... Just trying to keep it interesting and <laughs> the real type. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, not the not the pretend diet type. Yeah, she she will get very ill, and um, so I try to challenge myself in the kitchen. I really love lifting weights and doing yoga, um, but I've been really bad at both of those the last four months because I'll be honest, I've been pretty depressed myself. It, most yeah. people won't notice because I'm working on a podcast and laughing all the time or I'm funny guy. A, yeah, I'm a funny guy. And, <laughs> you know, I built Featured X with my friends the last two months and I really haven't had a moment to, to sit. And uh, about a week ago when we, you know, announced the Parkway tour, that kind of broke my heart when I was like, I was going to be doing this in three days. One of the the biggest tour I will have done yet. Yep. 
Dude, I I'm here. I feel that. I feel that we had a, a whole UK. I was going to play uh, Mil- Milan, Italy oh, for the first time, yeah, and in one place. of those moments. And so yeah. I, I feel you. And I and then I and then in retrospect, I sit back and I think to myself, man, I sound like such a fucking douchebag, but I'm thinking to myself, I've spent so many years trying to make people want to fuck me or sign me or pay attention to me. That in this quarantine, as I sit in my apartment with my beautiful dog, my beautiful girlfriend, I think to myself, what the fuck have I been doing? Yep. <laughs> you know, like, so it is, a, it is a, uh, it, well, is a it is a weird place for, for all of us. Uh, well, that's a, where yeah. the good part of the ego comes in for when I discuss what it is to be a musician. And I have this conversation with my fiance often, and, and we just talked about it last week because I was feeling really down and... <laughs> it's not that she isn't enough. It's not right. that my family isn't enough. But the reality is nothing in life has ever been enough for me other than this dream in my brain. I Ooh, began preach. at 14 years old. I never had anything that I ever wanted to do in life other than be on stage. I, I feed off of the energy of people. I need people. I need interaction. And I'm not meant to be a recluse. I'm not meant to be stuck here. I'm supposed to be out there entertaining you. That's my purpose in life. I truly believe that. So it's very difficult for me when I have... It's been a climb of you're moving up and you get kicked out of a band and you're moving up and you get kicked out of a band and then you're moving up and your band almost gets signed to a label but doesn't get signed to the label and then you're moving up and you join this band and you're build, 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 build and you're about to go on a world tour and you're five days into it and they kick you in the nuts and you have to go home and you have to accept it and not only do you have to accept it but you have to have a positive outlook on it. I can't just go on the internet and be like, fuck my fucking life, fuck everybody, I want to blow my fucking brains out because that's not positive, that's not helpful, it doesn't help anybody. So I put together this, you know, I, I use this form here to keep myself lifted because if I didn't have this podcast, I would have been so depressed the whole time. And, yeah. you know, long story short, like I said, it's it's not that nothing, these people, these things that are important to us aren't enough. It's just there is something that we are trying to get out of life that is different than everyone else. We're not trying to just go and I get married and I sit in my cubicle and I do my thing and there's not anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your life or the life right. that you live, but for me... I am like a fucking vampire. I live off of the blood of Mm. others. I need to suck the energy out of you and have it in my body because it is so imperative to my life. And it sounds so egotistical and narcissistic and difficult, but the reality is just I, I, I love it. And people want that out of some people. There are entertainers out there for a reason. So, it's just hard when we go from having all of it and everything to nothing. And I shouldn't say nothing. You know, we're all healthy. You know, we're here. We will return again someday. But yeah, it's been difficult as fuck, dude. It's been really, really, really fucking hard. But dude, yeah, it, it really has. And that's the thing is like you, 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 you hit on the head. It's like, um, you know, you're an entertainer. So you're meant to entertain. And 
it goes so much deeper than that. And, and I lit and I, I think, think and do the same thing. I, I take a 360 and I look around my surroundings and I'm in a great setting, but at the same time, it's not enough for me. And it's a fucking disease that plagues my head. I don't know what it is, but it, it's just this need to be loved by the whole world. And, and, um, it's disgusting, but at the same time, it's all I fucking have. And I, and I can't change it at this point. I'm 31 years old. So it's like, yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, so, you know, it, it feels good to accomplish things, but my problem is that when I accomplish one thing, the next thing arises and I just need to tackle that as well. I'm, I'm obsessed with getting the next thing done. And that is bizarre. Yeah. Um, because then you get so obsessed with it and then you start negating and turning on your own surroundings. And I think that's where I am right now, where I'm starting to think like, oh, because of this, I don't have this. And that's a bad, I see that it's, it's not awful, but it's the beginning bad steps of overall thinking. You know, I don't want to turn on my fan. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to actually fucking, sorry, are you there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. My uh, AirPods died. So I just switched. Oh, it's okay. Actually, uh, no, you're good. I don't want to actually fucking end myself one day. You know, I I, I want to be a successful writer. I'm working on writing and writing for years, and I, I want to be a good musician. I want to be a good boyfriend. I want to be somebody's husband one day. I want to just be an incredible person. But I don't know, man. I'm off on a tangent, but it it, no, it, no, it starts cool. to feel like like impossible because this lifestyle is so fucking bizarre. Right. It's it so is. hit or miss. And then something like COVID comes along and it's like, it's like, oh shit, like this, this could shut me down. And as a band that's not top tier, I'm not fucking Billy Eilish, you know, yeah. I'm not fucking Jonas Brothers. Like, like, yeah, but, as flattering as it is to be told, like, you find me attractive and people fuck with our record and we got off victory. All these things are great, but you know how the shit is. There's a million motherfuckers that will bite that will hit you in the back of the head just to get half a step ahead of you. And that's what it feels like sometimes, you know, especially with stuff like this. It's very real. You know, I think it's rare that you, it's not, you know, it's difficult to build a team of honest, loving people that you can trust with. Like, you know, you got to love your manager enough to let him know your social security number. Yeah. Big facts. You know, just shit that like these things are, really intense relationships but you know we are lucky that in the end things will return and we're gonna get through this time period and we're gonna be able to yeah we'll be all right Um, we'll be all right i'm just being a little bitch no man (laughs) you know that's it's strange i've had some days where i just i have to tell myself that where i'm like oh man you're you know it's not that bad you're just being a little bitch you don't really you know have to be out there yeah 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 you know, it's okay. I think we're allowed to be a little emotional because the reality is we've been pretty cool, calm, and collected this whole time. Like, I haven't seen any, like, video of any person in the scene shaving their head off and, like, and being like, oh, this is my life, Brittany! <laughs> you know, and we'll see what happens, man. But we're all going to be fine because Feature Dex is going to save the day. Go to FeatureDex.com and go to FeatureDex.com, baby. <laughs> get a feature, bro. You got millions of artists. The next, you better not fucking, when you, all right, look, when you, when you got Tyler Carter on board, a bit of me broke in half. I was like, oh shit. Now we got, you're going to have king. a better R&B singer than me, bro. Oh shit, bro. You know, 
It's interesting. <laughs> but I was super hyped because I was like, yo, they're going to – maybe they'll go and they'll see Tyler Carden. They'll be like, whoa, this is too intimidating. This genius, brilliant man with a beautiful voice. Let's get the let's get the D-rate version. Let's go with Oliver. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, I mean, Tyler is a smoke show, and he also is very attractive, and he's got the pipes. Um, yeah. But you know, man – I was listening to your record again this morning, and that's let's shift and talk about some fun shit. Let's talk about okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Good call. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I I've always realized your you know your range and your R and B kind of style with it, but one thing that was interesting to me, and I'm sure people have told this to you, do people tell you that you kind of sound like Johnny Craig? Yeah, so it's funny because in order to get into this band, right, yeah, I don't rob people blind or have this ego that's blown out of proportion. I did fix my teeth, though, so we have that in common. Do that. That's when, honestly, real talk, when I get money, like when I'm talking like I got money and I can play and work and shit again, first thing I'm doing is getting my teeth done because yours look great. But so fucked and like... Bro, I, I don't know what happened to me, but, you know, I got my credit right and I lined it up. I signed up for this credit card with the first year, you know what I'm saying? The, the no transfer fees and, and mm-hmm. the no APR on the first year. I lined it up right, made sure that the payments were good. I'm paying it off now with no APR. And by the end of the year, I'll have it all paid off and I'll almost be like, it never fucking happened. That's you amazing, know what I'm saying? Dude. Good for you. And that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm feeling those, that's the young man in me that I'm like, okay, see, my father, had he stuck around, he probably would have never taught me this. But here I am taking care of these teeth because, bro, I haven't smiled with teeth in pictures in years. So You're it's super to the nutty. Choir to me. Right here, dude. So now I'm just shining these bitches everywhere. People yeah. be like, oh, yeah, my cat just died. And I'll be like, uh-huh, that's crazy. Look at my teeth. <laughs> I chipped my one of my front teeth in half when I was a kid and yep. when I was in middle school. And now it's worn away. I had it fixed back then, but now it's worn away enough where it's really crooked again. And, um, yeah, I just don't feel comfortable, and I really want to get them done. But that's what I'm gonna do when I get rich, bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna have some veneer looking ass motherfuckers. I'm gonna look gleaming. Yo, I'm, you it, should get on Featured X, bro. Yo, honestly, they hook, they hook people up. You should get on there, bro. Yo, get on Featured X. Get that fucking teeth money, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Get up Too in here, money. make some money, get your fucking teeth fixed. You. Boy. I wasn't shit till I got my motherfucking Featured X featured in there, and I got my motherfucking veneers. I'm shining on your my bitch ass. All in one year, <laughs> thanks to Featured X, bitch. But yeah, I get I get Johnny Craig a lot. Um, and that's because we got the grit and we got the range and like. Yep. Honestly, the homie has um not the homie. Honestly, the dude has a lot of um. A great vocal technique, but look, man, I'm a big judge of character. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. look up to the motherfucking greats, and, uh, and if I'm gonna look up to you, it's it's not gonna be. It's not because you, it's not gonna. Be, you know, you're not Al Capone. That's a cool criminal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's not, not gonna be no fucking well, basic street level. He's not a gangster. He's not G. Right? He's not so, a gangster. He's he's just he does things that are really mean to people. And yeah, I don't, and I don't appreciate people. using your, your, listen, man, everybody in fucking 2020, with so many sexy ass people online, everybody's got a fucking audience. And if you, for whatever reason, want to take advantage of the fact that you, for whatever reason, got an audience, that to me, that's dirty, bro. That, that, that's, that's Voldemort status, bro. That's, that's wrong. Yep. Like you're, you're manipulating people to fit your narrative. And that's dirty because you didn't have to do that because you have the talent. 
You know how many yeah. motherfuckers would kill for talent? You can't buy talent, bro. Well, you, you know cannot. what the, the interesting thing, and I it would I would love to see a, a sober Johnny Craig, not just because he was a piece of shit, but I wonder if he could write a hook if he was sober. Um, because You're, he really can't um, otherwise. <laughs> he, he can... He, he, you know, talks about tailored sheets and stuff, but the reality is, um, I don't know what the fuck he's ever saying, and I don't I swear he freestyles. I swear he freestyles, bro. That's what some people say, um, you know. But Which is like whatever. Exactly, rumors are rumors. But I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Um, I was raised on mad '90s R&B. Half of the artists I can't mention now because they turn out to be awful fucking people. But that's just what I, I was into. Be on you. <laughs> So exactly. I will oh, make my yeah. life complete until I turn your face into a toilet seat. Did you see? Um, did you see his uh, in the park uh, special he did on YouTube or whatever? Chappelle, the Chappelle thing. No, I gotta watch it's that. Beautiful man, it's so moving. I, I, J- Dave Chappelle is one of those geniuses to me, where it's like oh, you, you, there's a heart beating in that pain painful chest of yours and i i just love it you know like yeah. I, I don't know things like that just can't go unappreciated has he said some shitty shit at the cost of people's feelings yeah absolutely well, but that's at the what same time is. i don't believe he's a bad exact dude comedy that's, comes from pain pain com- is comedy comedy, comes comedy from is pain, pain but comedy is supposed to be inappropriate comedy is supposed to be satirical right? comedy is supposed to be the things that no one else can say in times when you're not supposed to say it and that's what makes it funny it's because it's the same it's you know, but some people, I understand where they want comedy to be limited to some extent or to remove some right. vernacular from comedy in order to make it a safer environment. And I understand that. But they have to understand what comedy and definition is and why they are able to say and do the things they do. And that's the whole point of the fucking art. Is well, that's the, that's the pain of it. It's like you go online and you see a headline that says Dave Chappelle calls tranny, you know, fucking tranny or whatever, like the awful lingo. And it's yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? But it's like, oh, man, there was a buildup. There, there was a written out buildup punch. I'm not, again, I'm not in defense of anyone's actions, but I'm saying like, come on, let's look at this with a, with an, a, like, a non-objective eye. Let's yeah. look at the whole scenario at least. One of my favorite things to do. And this is a funny bit because and I probably learned it from people like Dave Chappelle is when there's a crowd, right? Particularly in the Texas area, when I can tell that the dads are not really fucking with me, but the daughters and you know their you know yeah. boyfriends and whatever are. I like to make this joke, okay? Whether I'm in front of their face or I'm on stage, and I can tell. I say, I say, yo, y'all see that? And they turn around and I say, oh, never mind. I thought that was my dad returning into my life. Sorry, daddy issues. Next song. And then it immediately breaks down this sort of like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Like anything that I judge this guy based off of is now <laughs> based off of this daddy <laughs> rhetoric. And it's hilarious. So like when I meet dads with their daughters, I'll be like, yeah, man, we waited three hours to see you guys. I'll be like, man, you're such a good dad. I wish I knew what that was like. That's <laughs> like I'll say, And then it just immediately breaks. Again, it breaks down that ego because it's like, I get it, right? Yeah. Like. I, I can't imagine having a daughter and her being like, I want to wait four hours to see this fucking jerk off band with these fucking girl jeans on stage yeah. jumping around and act, singing songs about love like he knows some shit. So I like to I like to bring the humor into that because it's so funny to me to think like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band because I have daddy issues. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. I don't know why, but it's just it's just it's like, duh, you know, yeah, know. that's awesome. That's why I have to get other people who have endured true pain around me because my life was so white picket fence. (laughs) 
bro, let's hang out. Uh, let's. Know, I'll right? be. I'll be your be black cloud. I no, I be- pretend I have a good imagination, and that's why I write <laughs> whole records about dead people from where I grew up and stuff. Like my 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 side project is for my fucked up fun murder stories. Um, Ooh. I find it interesting, but yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm not as, I can't ever make that claim where it's like, Oh my God, my life is so hard. It's like my parents have loved each other since high school. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of funny too, though, actually. Yeah. If yeah. you think about it, like the idea of, of, uh, not complacency, but what's the word I'm looking for? But like a, a strong foundation is actually kind of funny too. Yeah, like I don't know, not as common these days. And the reality is, eventually you wake up one day and you realize that all the troubles that you have, you made for yourself, and that is true. Oh, that is what so is true. For me. Yeah. And I yeah. don't. I didn't have problems because my parents didn't raise me right. I didn't have problems because I didn't have a place to go. I had problems because I was a curious little kitten and I fuck it up. I fucked up, and, and that happens. It's okay. I don't. You know, that's part of life, and it was great. And that's I, why I, I'm hustle I, pro. That's a good point, dude. <laughs> I I attribute a lot of I love that. I attribute a lot of my later in life discoveries and pain from all things I inflicted. Like, yeah, for sure. I grew up in a trailer park and like my best friends were cockroaches. But at the same time, I had, I not fucked around with my sexuality young, I probably wouldn't be as fucked up as I am now. Had I not been like, you know, what's chill fucking kissing girls at 10 years old is chill. Like that is not, I probably should have focused on other things, you know, but that was all me, baby. That was all me, baby. And here we go. Usher Raymond did it to me. That's what I did. You did it. You got to have them girls. You said, yo, what's up, girl? I'm 10 years old and I'm looking good. I'm strapped. Hey, girl, you want to go to the skate rink? I don't have skates, but we can just chill. (laughs) Yo, what's up, baby? I don't got skates, but I got something you can ride on. You know what I'm saying? It's called the bus. We got to take the bus to school. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, well, we're 10. What are you talking about? She's like, bitch, I'm 27. And I'm like, oh, damn, you're right. But you're my babysitter's sister cousin so you still cute though so hit me back there was some movie that i watched the other day with my fiance where like a oh it's the shia labeouf movie you ever watch that movie where um which one disturbia no the honey boy one i it's on my save list i'm a big shia labeouf person so that is on my i think it's on like amazon prime or something yes i'm not gonna I say need to anything watch it. then you need to go watch it i'm gonna stop talking about that i show. will and i'm we're a big talk fan more. of the man oh yeah he's great um he he knocked out my hero tom hardy um really that's awesome yeah yeah they he 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 made shia labeouf mad on set of that one when they're in the woods and shit <laughs> with the bear and then uh shia Are you serious? knocked him out yeah Shia LaBeouf is dope. You know what it is? It's because he's from New Orleans. Oh, really? Our Louisiana, some part. So Dude, I, I after feel you like watch that this is... movie, you'll know why he is because he's hard as nails and he has lived a fucked up life. Have you uh, seen his Hot Ones episode? No. Bro, have you seen Hot Ones? Like, you, yeah, are you familiar yeah, with the show? Yeah. yeah. Dude, his, just his rhetoric and his dialogue, it's so like, oh, you're the type of person I would want. Like, I want him to TM my band. Like hearing the way he talks, I'm like, dude, you're so like roll with the punches that that's the kind of, because what I look for in a solid TM or whoever's doing lights for us or whatever, I look for someone that I can talk shit to the first like week and then cry to the the week after that. And it seems like Shia LaBeouf has that kind of um, 
that yeah. that sort of attitude. See, my tour manager, his name's Brian. He's also a straight edge vegan, and he is so calm and composed. And I don't think I've ever really cried to him or yelled at him. And I, but I don't. If we have an interesting dynamic in our crew where Brian's been with us for five, four or five years, and he just runs our schedule and our day in a way where you don't even, I don't question him. I more so like do what he wants me to do at this point, if I can, Yeah, you know? You got to. You know, and it just makes things easier where, um, and one, we don't, I shouldn't say we, you know, I was the only one in the band who ever really threw temper tantrums and I stopped doing those (laughs) once we got in a bandwagon. Um, Oh, big boy shit. Okay. Yeah. And that helped everyone because then people, you know, we had food and a place to shower and we could relax and I could watch Bachelor. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that first because you and I seem to have a similar sort of hallelujah moment. What was it like getting on that fucking bandwagon? Because the first time we got a bandwagon was for the last Warp Tour in 2018. And buddy... Was I feeling like I was motherfucking the main or some shit? Like I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, we're the best band here, dude. Fuck, I took a shower this morning with your poor ass. Get out of here. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we, <laughs> dude, we never did it on Warp Tour. We did two and a half Warp Tours in a van. So there you go. That is, that, you know, what? don't come, don't come through with the true, um, like the true grinder status, honestly, dude. That's, uh, <laughs> that's why I'm buff is because yeah, I was of say, summers. But jailhouse shit, we just looked like real jailhouse motherfuckers outside, like lifting, getting tan all day long. It was sick. I ate a lot of food. It was great. But the first time we got the bandwagon and I'm at Jared's and it pulls up. Buddy. That was the coolest, greatest moment where I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is real. And, like, we had gone to Walmart and bought our snacks to put in the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. We were so prepared. And. For me, my favorite thing was that summer, every morning, me and, and Bruce, our, um, our tech, we're both avid coffee drinkers. So first thing's getting the pot on. As am I. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, get going to the gym right away with Andrew, our driver, and having that morning with him and Jared on the mornings he wanted to get up. And then getting back, I bring out my griddle. I make eggs and, and toast and bacon or whatever. And my morning is just set and then do yoga and like relax and like it's, it's beautiful. It was the yeah. greatest experience. And it was little things too where and I always say this as a joke, but it really does mean a lot to me. Like when we you know, divide the T V time and certain people want to play video games or like because I'll play Smash just with the guys. I don't really play. Of course, it at home. yeah. And then, you know, but there would be one night a week where I'd be like, guys, can we please watch Bachelor? Like, is that okay? And then <laughs> all sit and watch it with me. Everyone would watch it with me. And by the end of it, they know the characters and they cared enough about it, you know? And they thought it was entertaining and they had fun with me. Where it's like, we're a family. We're not just seven strangers just around each other for work. Like, we all really love each other. So it was it was cool, man. That Being in a bandwagon is the greatest feeling. Because I just love... I love being with my guys and being comfortable. Um, you know. There's really nothing like it. Which are you a top bunk or are you a bottom bunk kind of person? Uh, middle bunk. Uh, middle bunk. Middle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah middle the, or bottom. I'm the diva. But, you know. I'm that front left, the right beside the couch. Yeah, you take the like, big one. 
the diva one. Well, yeah. usually I, my uh, my uh, girlfriend's there. She'll come on tour bunk. and sell search and and sell merch, and so she'll like we'll split that bunk. Oh, that's cool. But again, I've only been on one bandwagon, um, yeah. and that was just for World Tour. But I, I plan once we make that step. Um, you we know, were on our second bandwagon for five days, so. But it is such an accomplishment, so I'm glad to I'm glad to talk about it because to me it was like a, I remember rolling up and seeing and just being like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna sleep at night." That's wild. That is wild. Yeah, we'll be back there eventually. <laughs> not not at the first tour, but probably the next. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, it is it is a great accomplishment. But dude, how was Warp Tour for you and your band? Um, did you guys do well? Were you pretty stoked on it? Was the reception solid? Bro, we slayed Warp Tour. I mean, you know, the especially the last one, 2018, we yeah. um, it was like every day would it would be like 500 plus kids watching. And for being on like That's you know the, awesome. st- the stage that we were on, it was like I look back at those photos sometimes and I'm like, what what the fuck? Like even when I was sending you a photo of um, Featured X, I was like, mm-hmm. damn, almost put a tear in my eye cuz I was like Man, like it's so sick, and you think about it. Like kids are just paying to go, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, this band better win me over if I've never heard about them." And that's why I said is like, when I would see people walk by, I I rev that shit up, you know. I'd get up, on I'd do my thing, and and I and it was in the process of me being comfortable as a vocalist, understanding what it means to be a lead singer or a vocalist. It's like before I didn't want to do too much. I didn't want to go in the crowd. I didn't want to yada yada yada, but. It's fucking warp tour. It's what they paid for. It. It's summer. They're sweaty. Some of them might fall in love. I, I love young people in the summertime because they're so open minded. And I mm-hmm. remember what it's like to be 16, 15 in the summer. It fucking rocks, dude. There's nothing. Did you go to work like as a kid? No, I never. I could never fucking afford it. Um, yeah. But I bought all of the. Um, like as soon as they would show up at Walmart or Target, the, the like Warp Tour compilation discs, you know. You know, we were on one of those, and I didn't buy it. You know, we were on two of those, and I didn't buy really. It, and I need to go find them. It's if yeah. anyone out there listening has it, it's a Warp Tour 2015 and the Warp Tour 2017. One has Hooked on it, and one has what's that fucking song? Shadows and Echoes on it. Um, That's so wild. We were 16 and 18. Me. Got and you were fifteen at gmail.com. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, I went quite a few times as a kid where I actually one summer got really lucky and got in for free because um what it was at in New Jersey <laughs> and for some reason the ticketing <laughs> area was inside warped. Got him. And you just slipped past. Well, yeah, the person was like, Okay, we'll walk you to, to the ticket area, blah blah blah. And we just looked at each other and we're like, dip and we were out of there. Like I so love dude. I love Warp Tour. I I in 2018 was the first time that I felt we only did two, but it was the first time that I felt like okay, like I didn't have that um that fear of like oh shit we don't belong here. It, it felt like it wasn't like cool guy shit. It was just like look we're here, and I think I think that was the overall vibe of 2018 because everybody was like this is the last time we're gonna be doing this. Man, I so wish I, was I met. There. Yeah, I met so many dope people and so many kind people and just the fans. I mean, dude, there was a day where like eight or nine days in a row, our set was during a like downpour where we'd have to stop. And those were just so fucking sick. You ever seen a crowd of ponchos jump up and down just going fucking ape shit at you? And I just love when it's raining when I'm playing. It's very mood setting. 
You're, you feel like fucking Creed or some shit. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm, I rock. Yeah. And it was just dope, man. You do your thing, you know? And that was, again, since since some of the, the pressure was off us, we'd go do press. We'd do the fucking hour-long journeys, whatever, whatever. And then it was like, fuck off time. Like, I can just hang out and meet other bands with no egos and just, like, talk shit, whether they're ripped out of their head or they're blacked out. Like, whatever it was, it was so cool seeing, Yeah, you know? I mean, I... Um, that summer, like people like I'm people like I was too intimidated to talk to, like Tyler Carter and shit like that. I'd run up and be like, "Hey man," and he'd be like, "Hey man, saw your set today." I'd be like, "What the fuck? Damn, I wish I would have known. I would have wore a fucking suit and tie, you know? Yeah, right. Shit like that to me. Um, it was just dope because because it's awesome. I I, I would go and I um I traded. <laughs> somebody reached out to me on Twitter and was like, "Yo, I was looking for a Nintendo Switch at the time because I'm a big Zelda nerd," and um they were like. Yo, yo, yo. I'll sell you a Switch for like a hundred bucks if you give me like a guest list. And I was like, cake. We get like 30 a day, you know? So I, yeah, it was like 10 a day. I don't remember how many it was, but somewhere anyways, around I get, that, I think. Somewhere around like that. like 10 or, or 14 or something like that, I think. I think it was so, yeah. 10. I think it was That's 10. That's what I'm saying. I think it was 10. So I meet up with them and they're like, oh, yeah, huge fan of your band. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm trying not to be awkward. Like, I'm a band guy trying to get a fucking Nintendo Switch off this. Off this. Um, but then, you know, I had Michelle actually go with me, which is hilarious. <laughs> We're just like navigating <laughs> awesome. this line. Like, um, I think she has blonde hair. Um, hello, hello. But anyway, so. She's like, yo, if you just give me it for the next three days, you can have the Switch for free. So I'm like, sure. Next three days, you know, boom, boom. Hey, how you doing? You know, talk. That's it for like five minutes. And yeah. then I get in a Switch and then I'm just like, I don't know where I was going with that story. But just that sort of like, it's different, man. And then you go home and you realize, oh, I don't get catered to. I don't live in a bunk. I don't get to see my friends blackout drunk, make out with strangers like all the time. Like this is... This is this is summer camp, is and, and I never it understood that. Summer camp, it <laughs> yeah. Is adult summer camp, and I guess that's we never really got to live the full romance of it because we were always in the van. So like our routine was fair, fair, The fair. day is over. Our driver, because we still had a driver even though we were in a van, but they were at a hotel. Thank God, though, during yeah. the day. Yeah, and so we would have to all pack up into the van, go to the hotel to get him. Everyone showers at the hotel, and then we get in the van and do the drive. So we we did three barbecues in like three summers. Oh, okay. We never went, and so I never really had that part of the romance. But it it was um, just something that I'm so thankful that I got to experience because it was that thing where I always watched. I still watch YouTube videos of Warp Tour. I still, oh, same. You know, I yeah. love that shit, and I always will. So, and it's funny because now I have like cousins who are like, "Oh my god, I wish Warp Tour was still a thing." And it's like, "Yo, I played that thing three times, and you never came. Like, you Yo, didn't even you. know. Like, you know, your cousin's been doing this shit, and you don't even fucking care. But now all of a sudden, you like a day to remember, and you want to go to fucking Warp Tour. Well, guess what, Brianna? Huh? If you're listening to this, you should have went the other three summers. Um, you had your chance, Brianna, and I now know. guess what, bro? It's gone. I love it, though, because I do have cousins who now like this shit, and they understand my job, and it's really cool because it makes me feel special, and there's nothing I like more than feeling special. Um, That's why we do it, baby. It's for the kids, man. You know, I do it for the kids, man. I do it for the kids, man. It's not about the ego. It's for the kids. I do it for myself, I'm selfish. I'm selfish, bitch. I need a Tesla. Honestly, Kirby's got one. (laughs) 
Dude, my, get out of here. Yeah, my singer's got a Tesla. Fuck off. Yeah, why? Him and his why? Him and his wife yeah. only have one. Or you know what? Maybe they did buy a second car. I think they did because they God have kids it. now. They just adopted two kids. I need yeah. y'all's manager, bro. Yeah. Let's link up. Let's link up, bro. I'm trying to get a Tesla. That's like my dream. I'll, I'll drive. My manager is the greatest forever. manager. I will say that. Um, and I, our operation is run in a very interesting way. I think we are smarter with our money than 99% of bands out there. So You're probably right. I'm, notice, I'm noticing that's a common, uh, a common thing. I was talking to David Puckett recently and he was telling me the same sort of thing. He's like, yeah, we're really smart with our money. I'm starting David's to think to myself, genius. am I not as smart with my money? And then I'm thinking maybe not the band money. Well, mm. David is a very interesting person to speak to as well. So for everyone listening, David plays drums and we came as Romans and he's come up on this show once or twice. And, and I'm, I should actually have him on as a guest, but he owns com, which you can utilize for uh, getting lessons with your favorite um, singers. But he also is a marketing genius and yeah. runs ads for your favorite bands from anyone from Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger, five finger <laughs> Death Punch. Yep. Or hollow front. So the spectrum is huge. And um, the reality is it's just, it's not always about am I doing the best with the money that I have, but how do I spend money to make more money? How do I take that money and, uh, you know, bring in fresh new ideas and income into my band that maybe I haven't been thinking about? Um and there's a lot of people who they get into the standard rigmarole of, well, I wait until my manager or my booking agent call me and they tell me I have an opportunity and Sorry, then I give that. them a portion of that opportunity after I do part of it. And that's just how yeah. my life operates where you need a manager who is looking to try to get you new opportunities and get you money and not just sitting down and waiting until something comes along. And there's a lot of people who are stuck in that position where they just are sitting and waiting and then their manager gets a call from someone and goes, Hey, um, by the way, we're going to send you an offer for this tour. Um, would love to have broadside on it. And you know, you got the call from sleeping with sirens and that was going to come to you, whether you had that manager or not because of your booking agent, right? See, that's you still have to give a percentage of that to your management. Oh yeah. So you have to again, question throughout the year is like, stop with the fucking honking. Hey, I'm talking on the podcast over here. It actually stopped when I yelled. It's because you're a powerful person. And that's what happens when you wish it into the world, dude. Yes, I did. Um, But (laughs) it's something to question. And I see that with friends of mine who I think, you know, all jokes aside, I've had people before who have been like, dude, what's the deal with you and your manager? Like, it seems like you guys are just doing things right. And I think because Corey has been with the band throughout our entire career since we were a local band. He created this whole thing with us and is really more so like a member at this point. Um, He did it for free for years. He's worked his way up. He also is the premier um, uh, promoter in like the Columbus area. He owns Bravo Artist. So if you play in Columbus, Ohio, you've definitely played Corey's shows. Oh, yeah. But... um, I think it's just people taking an extra moment to think about what they do with their money. And luckily one of those things is Ryan doesn't have bad spending habits. He doesn't drink. He doesn't uh, do drugs. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do anything that I like to do. 
Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, he has always been, even when we were on Warp Tour or anything like that, it wasn't, well, let's be comfortable and we stay in the hotels and we, we do all the stuff. It's the band splits a room and we all do it on the off day because that's the off day. But every other day we're in the van and we're driving and we're doing it. And it's not that we don't love now being able to be in a bandwagon, but um, we got really good advice from a friend once. And they said, if you can't pay for your bus or your bandwagon in the first week of your tour, you should not be taking it. Wow. And it's good advice put together your guarantees and you think about this and you're like, well, I'm going to be out on tour for four weeks. Do I need to spend half or more of the income yeah. from that just to be more comfortable or should I still be in a van? I don't think I'm there yet. So we didn't do it until we were ready to do it. And it's prioritizing your money, prioritizing your time and making sure that the the things that are important are taken care of, which is, you know, you, your band, your your team, and making sure that everyone can live a comfortable life where sometimes you need to be uncomfortable for six weeks to have the next three months be comfortable. And for exactly. me, my goal has always been, well, I'll be as uncomfortable as I need to be on tour because I'm so happy that I don't care that I'm uncomfortable because I'm doing my favorite thing in the universe. And then I just get to go home and live in a nice apartment in, you know, whatever city, what, you know, and I think that, that you eventually prioritize things slightly differently. Um, just, you know, depending on how your band operates, but then there's bands that just want to party and they want to piss their money away and right. they want to do blow every night <clears throat> and they spend their merch money on, on blow and they do all this shit. And they don't even keep track of what they're spending, so they never even knew what they made. And then it turns out that they have to go and pay their merch bill. But then after they pay the merch bill, that's already two weeks late. They're like, wait, fuck, I didn't pay the bandwagon bill. And they pay that, and then they realize they have no money. And, and then broke. they get done with tour. And they go, man, that was really fun. I wish I would have made some money. And this has happened a lot. This is something that constantly happens because people jump into these things too quickly as well, where there's plenty of bands who are like, yeah, I got told by that like management firm that I had to be in a bus really early to make me look cool, but it turns out that they spent all my money. Where it's way cooler if you're responsible and you turn out being your band successful, you're young, uh, you're young and exactly. you can buy a house. Um, it it fucking like rocks. Three of my band members, Bob, Ryan, and Jared, all are homeowners. God damn, bro. Yeah. That is so nuts to me. Honestly, it's fucking They're just so responsible. Insane. They're just responsible. Bobby bought his house before he left the band. Um, and Jared and, and Ryan both own beautiful homes. And it's just, you know, the reality is also when it comes to that, if you're comparing rent to owning, it's a matter of where you live and, and how much it is because a lot of times your mortgage isn't going to be that much more than your rent, if not maybe less, depending on how many years you're you're putting into it. So that's always a question, but we're not here to talk about finances. We're here to talk about Screamo. So, and I'm the last person who should talk to anyone about finances. I am definitely the least responsible in my band. Though I do I, feel like it is a, a telltale sign. It's like It's reflective of the way that young people should be thinking about their money. Like myself, I've been just hustle. I haven't had a job in like 
two years and that's a bragging point but it's also like a hustling point like yeah for me i write poetry on the side i've been honest and open with my fan base since the jump of all of this to the point where they are intrigued enough by the things that i say that that's how i pay my rent you see what i'm saying i i, I write poetry i do features um and i just kind of every now and then something creative will come across my desk and i'm like fuck yeah, this is awesome. I can't wait for more endeavors like that. Um, the situation we're in now is, you know, we signed to Sharptone at the beginning of this, which means that Sean, Sean Keith, the owner of Sharptone, is no longer our manager. He is our label owner. Mm-hmm. So now Broadside has no manager. Oh, So that's the whole dilemma is, okay, well now I need to, I, I get the opportunity. Uh, I say me because I'm the most crazy one in the band. I get the opportunity to kind of be like, oh, like, we get this new manager position, and I'd love to restart once all the world restarts. Oh, I'd love to start a, with that strong. Glory. Yeah, I mean, because even Sean was like, "Yeah, I mean, like, I'd rather you know, like, it looks like like I'll be stepping to the label owner, and then you guys will need a manager." And dude, I love man- mon- um, managing my own money, but when it comes to the band money on tour, I, I it just I get so fucking stressed out. I can't. The past two tours, I've done it. I've TM'd us. It's too much, dude. Yeah, it's too much to try to be that. everywhere at the same time. And then on top of that being like, yo, what's up with the money? It's just not a fun position to be in. To be yeah. like, yo, you just saw me on stage. And also, is all the money here? Brian, <laughs> like, Brian handles everything. But Ryan, all, so Brian is tour manager. But Ryan, our singer, also does keep track of everything in the end. But he also enjoys finances and numbers. He's blessed when it comes to mathematics and, and being able to handle those things it doesn't seem at least you know what nothing seems to stress him out that much it's very rare that you see him tense he's one of the most even keeled humans you'll probably ever meet but um yeah i wouldn't i I wouldn't want to deal that with myself and when i have to tour with my other band off-road minivan the financial story is so different than um fit for a king because essentially i take care of everything you know so yeah good point so so you're seeing like two different sides completely you know even with you know like you must love music bro i do it really (laughs) is my (laughs) it's my favorite and it's you know it's stressful at times but it's necessary like why do i own a second van that sits upstate and gets used 15 days a year just so that those 15 days are awesome Ah, real rocker hours, dude. Yeah, little shit, man. And I just like being with my boys and having fun and having a good time. But, dude, before we get way, way too deep into this, because we are an hour 45 into it, I want to ask you a couple questions about the record. Please, feel free. I'm, again, sorry for, uh, I I am a very avid tangent person. This is what the show is about. I like that people see that everyone is just normal and capable of actual conversation and not just like, hi, so how did you get the name Broadside? (laughs) When I was three years old, my father left me and it felt good, Broadside. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a huge one right there, Chuck. Um, You know, for me, when I listen to this record, I get a a Mm -hmm. few different feelings, but one that hits me a few times and that I'm really into right now and that I'm curious if this is how you feel 
It yeah. feels very empowering. It feels strong. It feels <laughs> like we're getting over the hill and we're seeing, you oh, know, yeah. or I should say getting to the top and just seeing like, hey, you know what? I have done something here with myself and I'm proud of myself. Is that a feeling that you were feeling when you were making this record or trying to get across or am I missing that? No, man. I, w- I want to be a fucking champion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like five foot. Record. I'm five foot six. Got no dad. My mom, my relationship with my mom is kind of dwindling. I'm getting older. People are expecting me to get married. They want me to have children. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking the coolest, hippest in the room anymore. Um, I got fucked around on a label. I'm on a new label. I don't know what my purpose in life is. I swear to God, I'd be fucking dead by the time I was. I told myself I'd kill myself if I was before I turned thirty, because thirty seems so intimidating. Yeah. But here I am. I'm 31 years old. I'm a fucking poet. I can think deeply. I feel things deeper than most people I know. I have good friends. I have a great band. I have a great people. I have a great dog, even though he barks all the time. His name is Leo after Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not supposed to have any of this shit in life, but here I am, and I want to be a fucking champion. And that's what this record is about, is saying, like, you know what? Like, yes, I'm an artist. Yes, I'm a fucking frou-frou poet. Yes, I'm a... I feel things deeper than the average person. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not this egotistical, egotistical, maniacal, calculated person. Like, I'm just still this kind of like little broken boy that's trying to navigate the world. And I do consider myself incredibly lucky to be here and to have this platform and to have this opportunity. But at the same time, I'm cursed with the feeling of feeling everything at the same time. I'm not yeah. brilliant. I'm not brave. I'm, I'm afraid of what comes tomorrow. And that's what this record feels like to me. It's, it's into the raging sea, right? There's sea. You're staring at this beautiful ocean. You don't know why you find it beautiful because it could fucking crush your limbs and rip you apart. But at the same time, you can learn to navigate it. You can learn to swim against the current. You can learn to float against it and find new horizons if you choose. Or you can let it crush you and bury you and let the sand wash over everything that you've ever loved and everything that you've ever created. And that's just kind of the the depth in which I see things. I know that I look into things a lot deeper and darker than most people, but at the same time, I find value in understanding the light and the dark of every scenario. Personally, that's how I find my way on top. And honestly, I'm doing a pretty fucking good job. I mean, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. And uh, I did just fix my teeth, so swag, swag, swag. We're doing out here, you know? Like, I'm Absolutely. not supposed to be here, but, but we're here. And, and that's kind you know, of felt, now what this record feels like. It would feel good if you felt like... You are supposed to be here, and I think, uh, you know, you should every day just, when you look at yourself, try to have that little reminder of like, you know what, I do deserve this shit, and I do deserve to be me, because you are blessed, and you're blessed with an amazing talent, and you are blessed with this charisma that just sucks people in, you're a magnet, people like you, and people want to be around you, and I think the hardest part for some artists is being able to tap into that ability to be like, you know what, part of my life is being able to create (laughs) these opportunities with maybe my talent and other people are going to make money off that. But all in all, in the end, we're all going to benefit each other where I think maybe the Kurt Cobains of the world have trouble with that. Like, how is it that I've become a, you know, a true star? How am I, you know, and I say that just as a name, not knowing. No, I, I, I understand. Um, it does feel that way though, because I did have 
in my head, it's like that's what you do. You become the fucking greatest. You become the fucking richest, and and then you get addicted to fucking coke, and then you've and then you invest in a soccer team when you're sixty, and then everyone loves you again. You know? But that's not realistic for our John scene. Bon Jovi. You know what I'm saying? Like we we got to hustle, we got to grind, and 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 it's beautiful. But yeah. at the same time, some of my best conversations with touring with all types of bands at any sort of level in their career has come from that moment of clarity when you realize, like, damn, like, we're really kind of drawing our own path here, right? It's, this is a fucking, such a bizarre world. I mean, we're not on the radio, you know? I'm not fucking touring with John Legend, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> we're out here just being like, I got 30 minutes. Hope you guys like me. Let's go. Like, we're not a headliner band yet. Um, yet i think we have potential but yeah. at the same time a couple things need to line up and as you know the talent is there my skill is there my dedication is there my brothers in the band the people who i hire um the, everybody on the crew they're incredible and they are phenomenal and they are what broadside is except for michelle she, she sucks yeah she's trash no i'm just kidding she's the best she's, she's the like best. the pinnacle of there's been so many moments where it was like if it wasn't for <laughs> michelle it's like Oh, I don't know if we would have got paid that night. Big facts. So, yeah. um, so you know, people like that that believe in you, and or even just believe in the idea of of the band, and and those things are what really, 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 really keep you going. And so, I don't know. It gets lonely at night, but man, when you're on tour and and you're all absorbed in it, it really starts to feel like it's it's true. And 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 so I need what Broadside needs at this point. We need, you know, a manager to step in and we need somebody to say, this band has this shit. I'm going to, I'm going to, we have the tools. We just don't have that, that tool that some bands have where they can either market, I don't know what it is, market themselves or, or kind of like place themselves in the right scenarios. It's like broadside's been given too many shitty hands, but we've held on. It's like, imagine if Jack never sank. You see what I'm saying? That's what broadside is. We're still floating out this bitch freezing. So it's like, if somebody could pick us up, put us on the next ship. We can sail off because I'm, my guys are hard workers. I'm a hard worker. We continue to produce, at least I will say this, honest music. Whether you fuck with it or not, you know you can't you can't deny the fact that it's not honest or that it's not trying to be a little bit different than you know the casual casual cookie oh, cutter shit. That's out all. For yeah. Sure. yeah, and that's me just standing behind my art. Period. So, yeah. well, I can but, say you know, I I'm not saying I'm better than anyone too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I can't put you thing. in a box and compare you two directly to anything, honestly. Um, that's why I like your band, is you give me the Thank emotional you. moments. Um, right. And then and the then, like straight up like musician moments, yeah, right? That's the whole point. Yeah. I wanted that chorus that's like the Raging Sea, and I wanted that like heavy moment, but then I also get stuck with Foolish Believer stuck in my head constantly, where it's that... You know, I have that moment where it's like I want to bash my head against the wall and I'm like super right. upset and that's my raging sea. And then it's like, <laughs> then I'm having a great time again. And I'm like, yes, this is so And that's like, me, dude. That is what I'm trying to tap into is like, I love human beings. Like I fuck with people's bands when they are human beings, when it doesn't feel like they're just like, oh, I'm a band guy. Like me. Man, I love artists, and 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 naturally, I mean, if you look at me, you're probably like, this fucking guy probably reads poetry. You're right, I do, but at the same time, I fuck with people that are just so yeah. insane about the things they love. Because, man, is it? Have you ever talked to somebody that's engaged with something they love? It's a fucking. It's like going to church, man. It's like fucking mm -hmm. seeing a revelation in someone's eyes. 
And I really want to, I hope to reach that level with our band. And I also want to reach the level where we can do shit like where I'm like fucking Ollie Sykes and I don't have to be so present online. And I can just be like, look at me in color contacts and people are like, yeah, you're you crazy. You're though? an artist. I think part of what made him that way was being a little like that from the start where I never recall him being like super, super on socials, but you knew of his brand and you could watch right. him and right. pop in and out. But the he has the the luck of and I you know so backstory. Yeah, yeah. One one of my old local bands, first show I ever played with them, I, I had been in this pop punk band and they're a scene band and they're like, Hey, do you want to come fill in for bass for us for the show? I'm like, sure, whatever. I heard Barrier Dead was playing it, so I'm like, cool, sounds good. Oh, fuck yeah. But it turns out it's Barrier Dead, Bring Me the Horizon, Nights Like These, and Ion Dissonance in the Loft in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I go and I I'm playing the show and I'm watching nights like these and I'm like this is the most packed I've ever seen this place. I'm seeing kids I've never seen before. And then all of a sudden, I look to my right, and there's this tall, long-haired fucker standing next to me. And every girl is looking at him freaking out. And I'm like, what is this? And I look at my friend Matt, and he's just like, oh, dude, like that's the singer of Bring Me the Horizon. I was like, okay. like, And then you watch their set, and it's like, holy shit. And then from there on out, he just has this magnet that he played his cards in a different way than everyone else did, where he never fully displayed it all. He just kept you always really patiently waiting for more, and just enough shit talk with every minor change that he had, where there was... It's one of those things, it's like a parkway drive situation where a band oh, true evolves. Shit. Yeah. And for every one person that goes, fuck parkway, I wish they'd just play the breakdowns. <laughs> There's 10 new people who go, parkway drive is my favorite band because I heard their song on the radio right now and I haven't heard a band like that in a long time. So you have to choose your battle with it where Ollie didn't do it overnight. He did it gradually over time and because it was organic and it made sense to them and it was a real thing, it wasn't forced. So now you're left in this place where also no one else can try to do what they're doing. Otherwise, you're just a second rate. Bring me the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, You know, just having that natural ability to make people constantly curious about you is difficult to manifest. But I think that eventually with a level of fame, anyone can be there and... You know, will you you or you can have that once you reach that level of fame, you can have that elusiveness where it's like, okay, I don't need to do as much because people will always be interested in me. It's it's that legendary status. It's that Davy yeah. status. It's that Ollie Sykes status. It's that Gerard Way status. It's Anthony Green. It's people where it's like, oh, anything you do, I will it's, give a shit yeah. about. You know. Wow, that's a wise um, assessment. That's a. That takes right. like that's some third eye stuff you got going on. It must be all that yoga, dude. I, uh, <laughs> you know, ever since I was a kid, I got. I think it some for some reason when I was in middle school and high school, I was one of those peer mediators where you get to, um, I get would get pulled out of class to help kids solve their problems. So instead of them having to go to the principal because they were fighting, they could talk with me and another peer, and we could solve <laughs> it. And I think I admire people so much where when I when I was making bands when I was younger, I never thought of myself as the most talented, but I had a, a rough mentality where I was like, you know what? I'm looking at all these local bands 
and this singer is really good, and that guitar player is really good, and this one's really good. They all need to be in my band. Fuck their bands. And throw a bomb on their bands, and I steal that motherfucker because I would say to him, you know what, man? You, I may not be the best, but I'm fucking hardworking, and I'm going to make shit happen, and I'm going to get us on shows, and I'm going to do this, and we're going to go here and record, and we're going to make this happen. Come on the ship with me. And I, they would do it because you have to make shit believable. You have to care so much about your or believe so much in yourself that you can. And it sounds like you're very good at doing this too, where you can just convince people. It's like, it's like starting featured X without a website and calling, getting 60 people to join a website that doesn't exist. That's what I'm saying, man, is a lot of people don't know that like you got a, a lot of when you, we can, people can call it marketing, but a lot of, a lot of it comes from just that dialogue you have with people. Like realistically, man, do you think you'd be able to reach out to people and and start this whole thing if you didn't have such a honest and open rhetoric with them from from meeting them and touring with them, et cetera, it's, and, and understanding how music and musicians work in general? No, that's a skill that you acquired because you worked your ass off for it and because you've just been gifted with this this, the gift of gab, for the lack of better words, you kind of have this. You kind of have this flow about you that is, uh, you know, just like uh, it's really intriguing, and it's also really like calming because it's like, oh, I feel like I'm talking with a friend. I'm, I've never fucking met you. I'll go on record saying that, and, yeah. and yet here I think I can't wait to hang out with you in real life. But you have that, and and very rarely do people possess that sort of power. I appreciate um, that, man. And, That's very and, kind of you to say. Of course, man. And then you mix that with like the hustle that we, we we both do share. And that is where it's like, holy shit. And I do see people like you and people like in general, just going, going far in life. I think one thing that's personally always held me back is like, I fucking constantly compare myself to other people's success. And it, it is the most embarrassing thing about myself. But buddy, it's so ways. difficult. Yeah. I know. And you I should, do sometimes and then compare. other times, buddy. It's oh my God. But it's yeah. one of those things that's hard to where I'll describe it this way. It is fit for a king and wage war. It okay. is this, all both of our bands to a lot of our fans are similar. And we have very yeah. similar fans. And we achieve very similar things. And we have similar numbers. And But we love each other. And we're friends. And I, I really like all those guys a lot. I think they're the fucking shit. But it just so happens that our bands are kind of like unsaid competition. And you have to be able to idolize people's achievements and look at them and nod at them and be like, you know what? At the end of the day, if Wage War ends up being the bigger band than Fit for a King, I will still be fully satisfied. But I still want to do better every day to reach. We both want to reach that a data remember status, that big boy status, oh, that yeah. kill switch yeah. status, that next yeah. level legendary status. So it's a healthy competition. And and I feel like our band is better because of relationships like that, where you have these other bands like a Polaris who comes onto the scene out of nowhere and is so hot that they just jump a couple slots on rosters and mad people are showing up and you're like, who the fuck is this band? Like, <laughs> And they're bringing something new to the table and it sounds different. And now you got to compare to something else and, but you got to, you got to take the good parts and let it affect you, but not let it bring you down mentally. Cause one of the best things for us is our producer drew and every mm. day he's just like, 
y'all y'all ready to be famous? Like y'all ready to be fucking <laughs> huge? He's like, this record, this record's gonna be massive. You're gonna be fucking huge. You're and he just convinces you all the time where it, it it's a joke in half of it, right? But it's serious as well. And he by the time that you've heard it, you know, 10, 15, 20 times, and then you're like, you know what? I am. I am. And I still live with imposter syndrome every day. I don't, yeah. it's so weird when if I was to sit back and be 14, 15 year old me and then look at me now where I'm like, wait, so you did the warp tours and you, you're in yep, the band? You did the stuff. You, yep. you did the stuff. And now you talk to these people every week because it's fun and, you know, people work with you on your business. How the fuck is this possible? And it doesn't feel real. None of it feels real at all. I don't think I'm awake. And that's the beauty. I feel that too. You know I feel I mean? that too when I, I get freaked out by it. Dream. I'm in the matrix 1000%. I don't feel yeah. like I'm here. And I don't want to. No. No, I, yeah. I, on a spiritual level, I, I'm 100% admitting to you and to the world that it's like there are bands in our scene that have our sound or that, you know, people say that we copy their sound and they got way more popular or they're way more popular for whatever reason. And it's such a fucking ego trip. But at the same time, people think naturally like, Oh, this band's better than that band. But in my head, I'm like, this band rocks like state yep. champs fucking rocks, like Amazing neck band. deep fucking rocks. But at the same time, I'm yeah. not going to sit here and deny that and say that we don't deserve as much credit as them. It's just the fact that we happen to fall in their shadows. I mean, fucking all of State Champs is incredible. All of Neck oh, Deep yeah. is incredible. Like Love all these bands, bands, like they rock ass. But listen to me, man. Like, uh, like you say, man, to, to bring it back that. around. I'm a fucking yeah. vampire. I want that, bro. That shit is in my DNA, and I deserve that. There's enough space for us, and that's the best thing about this record that we just put out. Is I can't tell you that I went into this record and planned to for it to sound how it did. It kind of came out with like an 80s vibe. There's no fucking what we're trying to sound like on this record. First two records, sure, we were trying to fit into the pop punk fucking thing that like Victory yeah. fucking built for us. But bro, I'm 31 years old. You know, I'm out here. I'm having <laughs> very on very normal sex life. I'm voting. I'm having credit. Like I have credit. I'm an adult man now, and I'm an adult now, and I'm just making music that comes to my heart. But at the same time, that hustle, that drive, that flow, that that hardcore punk rock weirdo five foot kid never left me, and that's what the dilemma is. Is like yeah. I don't want to be better than these bands. I want to be just as fucking good because I feel personally that why the fuck can I, why the fuck can I go in and write a record that I feel is this good with this content and these lyrics organically, bro? I'm not out here studying how to write good lyrics. These shits just flow out of me. I'm a depressed fucking freak. Yeah. And so I want to market that. I've said to the world, take this, take this and give me a little bit of money so I can live off this because this is all I fucking have. And that's where I want to be in life. So I feel like that's where this record, this record wasn't, if we can be honest, this record wasn't supposed to happen. And I don't know what happened, but Good it did. Good luck, man. It all worked you out and, the, and you know, things yeah. just aligned for you where going back to, um, I think one thing that I really admire about Sean is his ability to recognize talent in other people and know what he needs to be surrounded by. And he's done this for a long time. And that's why someone that's as even keeled as him will, will constantly stay by you and work with you because he knows that he can get the most and the best out of you. Um, and 
you know, your ability to put together a record like this is natural. It's organic. It just comes together. Obviously, there's times where it's the unnatural parts are when we have to listen to something and go, you know what? That's wrong. I have to yeah, write good that. Point. And that's the hard part, but it's still organic. It's still you, you manifested from yourself in your brain, something that you are taking your emotions or your history or your, or your present, whatever it is, and putting it into um, this new format for other people to understand. And yeah. it's just a natural thing. It's the same thing with being tone deaf. Some people just can't fucking sing. Some people can't. Some <laughs> people are great singers, but they can't write for shit. There's plenty of bands that their singer Bro, Thursday write again to wrap back to around. Like what I loved about Jeff Thursday was his ability. No, no, no. Just his ability to oh the God. tone deaf side. The, the oh, ability yeah, to deaf. write such a beautiful, beautiful visual, but realistic. It, my favorite, one of my favorite bands of all time, Bright Eyes. Connor Oberst isn't the fucking greatest guitar player, but goddamn, could he make you fucking want to rip your eyes out of your face? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Both of those so, are two um, yeah. very big um, influences on me. I wore a Thursday same, track same. jacket every day of high school. And oh, I love you. I would have dated you. Yeah, sure. I had two of them. I had two matching <laughs> ones, and it was great. And they were that my rocks. favorite band. Um, first song I learned how to play guitar on, learned how to play on guitar. That was like screamo is paris and flames but oh fuck yes. <laughs> i just yeah he's he's everything that i ever wanted to be where he's an idol he's yeah. a poet he's an amazing yeah. vocalist where and they he, made it somehow in a weird world like that that third there was no other well, bands like thursday I, out dude oh no but it, it, there here's the explanation is yeah yeah it, for me and this is something i discuss when it comes to um pop music particularly where people wonder why why isn't my band on the radio right the reason is because when you look at the people who are the most successful in radio um couple key examples an adam levine a kurt cobain a rihanna a beyonce any of these people within five seconds of hearing them you know exactly who it is. Pump, who they smashing are. pumpkins. Yep. Um, anything like that. And it's not that the best singers can't be on the radio. It's the most unique singers make it to the unique. radio. So yeah. Jeff is so unique as an artist that, sure, he wasn't technically the best. And I had this argument with someone recently because they were saying how he's a bad singer. And I honestly, I got so pissed so quick because it's one of those things that I'll flip a table over where I'm like, don't you fucking talk about Thursday? Because um, I praise that band and I love that band Same. and everything with that you. they are um, because they don't understand what singing is in that moment. To them, it's just ABC. Notes. Can I sing it's notes. well? Yep. Where it's, yep. you don't understand the passion and what came from this and how there is. There is perfection in the imperfection. And oh, his God. ability to just be himself and be a unique character and 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 create this safe element for people far before you want to talk about people who speak about, you know, equal rights and have been doing it well before it all, it became hip. That fucking guy. So he is just, you know, yeah. him, Davey Havoc, some of these people, they were just so much more than singers. They were idols. They were doing something. And they wouldn't describe themselves as that. No right? way, yeah. I don't think Jeff Rickley would at all. Um, he, he did recently respond to a DM of mine, and it was really nice. Oh. Um, but um, that doesn't mean he's going to be on Featured X. He's not. It was cool, though. 
But I tried. Because <laughs> I've been literally week after week, I'm just like, Jeffrey Clee, please, if you're in the airwaves. I put it into the Matrix, and it worked. So all I want is, you know, some connection. And the reality is um, I'm very blessed at the moment to be able to work with a lot of people that I admire. And um, he's just that that Elvis to me. Him, Chris Caraba. Dustin oh, Kentru, Daryl Palumbo, oh, yeah. Davey Havoc, Kenny Vasoli, these people that they, you know, as silly as it sounds, they made me who I am. I would never be comfortable being, acting, dressing, dancing, moving, singing the way that I did if it wasn't for them doing it first. So, um, 100, 100 you know, percent. At the end of my, my serious rant, um, you know, I think we're just, when we question whether we'll be able to reach that magnitude of Ollie Sykes or these people, the most important thing to remember is, am I staying true to myself? And as long yeah. as you stay true to yourself and you continue to be yourself and you sound like you and you act like you and you just do you, your chances are, are higher. Don't try to be anybody else. That doesn't make your chances higher. You can implement things you learn from people. You can be admired by their work ethic. You can be admired by their talent. But the second that you say, well, I love John Legend, so I'm going to sing like John Legend. Well, I love, you <laughs> right. know, it's, it's an interesting thing because people get so caught up in, in other people's successes where they're like, man, I got, no, I got to try to, I got to do what that dude's doing now. They're, they went SoundCloud. I'm going to go SoundCloud. Okay. That's they went, a good ass point. Yep. Stop. Fucking stop. Be yourself. Be yourself and it'll work. For me, I had a hard time really, you know, I've always tried to be myself. And I think when I joined the music scene and joined Fit for a King, I didn't f personally feel comfortable or feel like I was making a name for myself in the scene until I just really tapped into being me. And I didn't try to just be everybody else. I wanted to be nutty. I wanted to be crazy. I wanted to be emotional. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be the loudest person in the room. And that's because that's just who I am. I am louder than you. I am just one of those fucking obnoxious people. <laughs> and it's it's kind of nice at the end of the day where it's, you know, I, at least my team accepts me for who I am. And that's what's most important. So, you know, man, interesting, interesting, that. interesting topic. I love thinking about superstars and what it takes to make those people. Because, I, again... And I don't say this with anything um, wrong, at least in regards to those people that are those massive, yeah. iconic vocalists. I I know I'm not that person. And so it doesn't, I don't, uh, I'm not envious of it. I, I just admire it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's really cool. I think that my character is different, you know, I guess my place. I'm the Joe Rogan of metalcore. Damn. That's a better place to be. I'm yeah. still in that. Like, I'm gonna get a hundred million dollars people. from Spotify, you fucking bitch. Yeah. Um, see, I'm, see, I need, I need, I need to figure out either if I'm gonna be dumb famous or I'm, or if I'm gonna figure out that route. So I'm envious of uh, either either tra trail between, there. But <laughs> between me becoming the Joe Rogan of metalcore, Fit for a King being the greatest metal band on the planet, Future yeah. X exploding, and my investment in cryptocurrency, and in about two You're years Gucci. I'll be a millionaire. What are you, are you going through a, uh, really. are, are you going through like a robo advisor or are you going through, no, are you I just actually investing into something there? that, um, I think is going to, uh, do to blow the fuck up. Yeah. So an interesting thing, Respect. looking back on it when I was younger, 
in my early 20s, I sold a lot of weed. Um, okay. And I sold weed at this college called Bard College in upstate New York in a small town called Red Hook. And I grew up a mile from the school. So I could just like ride my bike over, drive my car over. And, and I pretty much, I had kids that worked for me in all the dorms and it was really great. We had a good business. It was a fantastic time. <laughs> I had, cause kids there, it was such an expensive school that it ranged from kids who are very wealthy, right, who have all the money to kids who really need help making money. So I would assist the people who need help making money and we would hustle. The um, godfather. Yeah, I had a good time with it. I always had a good roster of people working for me and and everyone was friendly and you know, it was such a nerdy like hipster school, like Yeah. You know, no one really wanted to like you know, do anything bad, like get beat up or anything. So, it was cool. We had a good time. But um god damn it. Where was I going with this? What were we just talking about? We were talking about Joe Rogan, we were talking about investing um, in cryptocurrency. Yeah, so cryptocurrency. So eventually my time comes, I'm getting older. I'm in my mid twenties, um, you know, like around 24. This is like before I joined Fiverr King and, you know, my time had kind of come and passed with selling weed because I had kind of outgrown the age of the school. It wasn't cool for me to be around the campus all the time. And, (laughs) you know, I was 24. I didn't really want to deal with freshmen. I felt kind of weird and, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But at that time, also, my business was getting beat out because someone started buying weed through um, the dark web, what was it? Silk Road. And they were what buying that? it with with Bitcoin. And uh-huh. a lot of the kids were buying Bitcoin. And I was like, I mean, I don't got time for this shit. I'm doing it. Right. Like, I got my hustle. I got to do what I got to do. And one of those kids, because these people were rich, his aunt gave him $100,000 and oh he fuck. invested it all in Bitcoin. And now he made the, he's one of the richest people in the world because of, in, be, through, Jesus Christ. through crypto. So not one of the richest people in the world, but he's made more money in crypto than most right. people. Um, and now he's just an investor and he's a couple years younger than me. So he, it's interesting. So as essentially, I'm not going to miss out on round two, or at least I'm going to do my best not to miss out on round two. For everyone that looks at crypto and is like, there's no way I'll make money in that. At one point, Bitcoin was less than a dollar. Now a single coin is, uh, let me look at what it is today. It's it's like 12,000 or something, isn't it? It's a little down from that right now. Oh, Yeah, generally it's in that range. Where's my fucking app? Um, Yeah, I was looking the other day on that shit. On crypto, at least I invest, but right not, now I'm Bitcoin not is eleven thousand seven hundred seventeen dollars and twenty six cents a coin, and yeah. so you have to think about that. Where if, even if you invest in one of these and it does well enough, where it can go to be a hundred dollars a coin, you're going to make an insane amount of money. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I need my shit to get to be a hundred dollar a coin, and then I'll be a millionaire, and then I'll be happy, but not happy enough because then I'll need more millions. But yeah. that's all in due time. Um, but right now I don't have any millions. So that's not good. <laughs> so, so that's bad. If that's, I don't have a million dollars, that means I'm poor. Um, I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just can't work for a year because you stupid fox will put on a fucking mask. I know. Um, put on a mask. Yeah, I'm trying to invent in the crypto. Over here. Well, Come you on know what? Now. New York City shows that you can be in the shit and then you can fix it if you just follow the rules. 
because we were the worst. Yeah. And now and we're the, doing good. Why? Yeah, exactly. People follow the rules because they're not fucking stupid like yous. But um, yeah, <laughs> you invest in shit. You were yeah, about I that, fuck. Really? I fuck with investing. That's I'm cool. he, I was huge on like like two years ago. I started. I had like really fucking awful credit, and now my credit is fire to That's the great, point man. where it's like. I like recently went to get a, a car and um, now just to talk to them and they offered me like super, super, super low, practically 0% interest. And, and it was just for me to be like, all right, cool. Let me just see where I'm at. Right. So I was big on, um, on uh, getting my credit right because whenever I want to make that situation better, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm huge in finances and um, I'm huge in, um, just find money management and now i'm start naturally that's starting to take a step towards investing so like i fuck around with like robin hood and stuff like that i think oh, I that's have, cool like, a couple that's hundred bucks tool. invested but it's yeah. like you know just general stuff s&p 500 amazon disney yeah. like ba- basic safe shit but as of right now of course everything is down but it's probably honestly from what i've read and all the books ever because i'm a nerd and i do read a lot of this shit i have um you know it's kind of like Oh, 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 this is, this is the, this is the biggest flex I want to drop. All right. So, so, you know, I started taking care of the, the band finances the past two years, like we talked about briefly. Right. So I told the guys, I said, look, I'm trying to get this travel card. And basically what's going to happen is at the time it was this card that was like, you know, super impressive. It's metal, yada, yada. But I was like, yo, through hotels.com, they're doing this 10 times the points for every single 10 times the points for every single booking through hotel.com. So we did a winter tour last year. And as you know, touring in the winter in a van is fucking miserable. So we were in a van and I was like, look, every other off day, it was a big tour. So I was like, every other off day, let's get a hotel. So I managed, we booked like 20 hotels, bro. So I got 10 times the points from a two month tour Every time I would book to them. So the guys are happy because we're staying in hotels and um, we're feeling good. We would usually do like one or two, right? We have a pretty small crew. And then, and we were renting from like Green Van. But then every time I'm doing this, I'm getting 10 times the fucking points. So then I come home and I take my girlfriend and I on a fucking $700, $800 vacation off of just points accumulated from money that you're already spending so that's the swag ass shit about getting your credit right and your money right because there's rewards cards out there that can benefit you right now now long term i'm looking into this investing shit seems daunting seems really confusing but i'm here yeah you you hear of a lot of people losing money in it and i'm not into like stocks or investing in that yet um it's something that i may get into at some point but i'm more so scared of stuff like that i'm not much of a gambling man I um, feel I like yeah. things I can control where yeah. um I guess I'll I'll always I I enjoy safer environments. So I guess my thought process when it comes to something like crypto is I'm going to invest in something that's so cheap where there's almost nowhere to go but up from here. And if it does go up, I'm going to watch it. And if it comes back down, if at some point, if I lose, I've only invested so much that I really don't give a shit where I'm in this weird little window of, well, if I lose what I invested, I really don't care that much. But if what I invested does end up getting to be like $100 a coin, I'm going to actually be a millionaire. So it's a weird little pocket. Math is a crazy thing. 
I'm trash. <laughs> I'm so trash at math, but like I think ever since getting into this, I I kind of have an understanding. It, it's crazy because like you hear, you know, you hear the rhetoric of like, oh, the stock market, the S and P is down. Uh, yada yada and you're like man you sound so whack crypto but then you really look into it and you're like bro for people like us with an untold future this shit is the way you it's know what investment. i'm saying it's a good oh, way to, yeah. to spend your time because the other thing you have to think about is you're in a country that has been printing money like crazy has a yes. tremendous amount of debt keeps printing and giving out more money it just seems like paper money is about to to kind of poof and go away because it's not being used in a responsible fashion. So what we can do instead of freaking everyone out by constantly printing more paper money is eventually they'll, they won't have any paper money. They'll just go, you know what, uh, we just uh, put all this money into the uh, military. Okay, do you want to just make the imaginable debt a uh, couple trillion? Dipper? Okay, oop, oop, a couple more trillion added on. And this is just me being a skeptic um, and... I don't know. I think everything changes, right? You know, who would have guessed that the internet would be what it is uh, in the 1950s? Yeah. So good point. <laughs> all I'm trying to do is think if there Just get was ahead. something that could change, it could very well be money because no one, not a lot of people use cash anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the government trying to control things and being able to eliminate, um, People not paying their taxes, one of the easiest ways to do that is to eliminate paper money. Because if there's no paper money, then people can't, drug dealing is affected by that. Um, <laughs> importing and exporting and keeping things um, under wraps and not being able to, uh, I don't know, I'm not gonna, I'm not smart, so I'm not gonna really go too far down this <laughs> fucking rabbit hole. But. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm a fucking idiot. No, no, no. It, it was, and actually sounded very, I was like, damn, are you about to give me some like grade A tips? So it didn't, it's just it, me. to give me you credit, it didn't aliens. sound Thanks. crazy. It sounded, it, it sounded like, oh shit, this man about to be like, yeah, it's 0.5 on the old caliber yeah. cryptocurrency. But I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking awesome. And that's all. I that's will all tell you about, one right? off air that I am into because, yeah. um, and I'll explain in a little bit because, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to look into if you like, and it's still very cheap. Um, but, um, you know, before <laughs> this is such an interesting conversation Jesus Christ. <laughs> we talked about so much random shit on this show i love it but it's not, you know last week our main topic was don't fuck kids so this yeah, week that's, our a, main that's a topic, that's a great one money baby yeah. get that money baby yo this topic is get that fucking money your bitch ass so you can have pinky rings Bro, money talks, my bro. I, this is what sucks is like most people are so afraid to talk about money and I get it because like I'm that fucking weirdo that would be like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put on my credit card. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Who are you, who are you banking with? And then my girlfriend's always like, oh, that's rude. And I'm like, I know, but I want to know. <laughs> like I'm a fucking nerd about that shit. But uh, anyways. It's yeah, like money always rocks. prefacing with, do you mind me asking what your rent is? Yeah, um, exactly. Hey, how much do, that's how much a do you guys New get paid? thing. That's a very oh, common thing. That's thing. when I lived in LA. I so I moved back from LA after three years, and that was a very common thing of being like, "So how much you pay for this shithole?" You're like, "Well, not too much. Only forty thousand dollars a month." 
You know what? One of my favorite favorite things about money too, when it comes to band stuff, is like when you see those bands that are like, "We fucking hate capitalism," but then when they headline, they get paid three grand, and then they three. pay the opening band a hundred dollars. A hundred bucks. But here's the, no, you're not splitting things evenly. You, you you you. What are you talking about? You love capitalism because that's how you make your money. You fuck. Um, They're like, oh, our production, though. You just don't understand, bro. I'm like, bro exactly. You, bro. But it's not about your production. It's not about these things. It's about exactly. keeping things even, I thought. I thought that's what your your whole message is about. But um, <laughs> I don't aim that. There's one conversation that I overheard once that literally stems that from, for anyone that's going to try to speculate, I'm not talking about any particular band. Go fuck yourself. Um, you know what? I didn't do a lot of go fuck yourselves in this show. So I'm going to throw one in here at the end Please just for do. fun. My favorite, um, I'm going <laughs> to, so worst <laughs> band ever on history records, on, okay. on victory records, worst band in history on victory records. Who, who do you think it is? Bro, I'm right here. You don't have to fucking no, no, talk no, no. about I'm taking this like serious. I'm going to say who All mine right, is. Let's, so I'll get, who? I'll get it let's hear it. Let me hear it. They're not maybe not really the worst band, but I think they're the worst band ever on Victory Records because their their music videos are my favorite cringe video. These hearts. Oh woof. Yeah. Oh woof. (laughs) (laughs) They had the best fries. (laughs) Wow. It's the greatest thing ever. And So fuck you, these hearts. Um. <laughs> this is what happens when you have your own show. You can say whatever you want because I'm on my apartment, bitch. And the reality is, you can step to me, these hearts. You can come find me. Watch they're one not. of them has been doing steroids for the last like five they're years. They're gonna come since beat you up, yeah. They're like, yo, they're I'm gonna say trick or treat, and you're gonna be like, oh, all I have is Snickers, and they're gonna be like, actually, we'll take your fucking house, bitch. Yeah, that would be bad. No, man, <laughs> they can't gnarly. take my apartment because I have this little ninety-year-old landlady who lives beneath me, and I need to keep her protected because she owns the building. Um. She's sweet. That is some that is some New York ass shit. If I've ever heard, she's it in a my real life. Italian. Like she still sounds Italian, and she's ninety and been here since nineteen fifty. So nineteen fifty two, I think she bought this place. Jeez, now that's an investment. Let's talk about investments, bro. <laughs> Well, I've seen that with a, a few people who have gotten lucky with New York investments. Where, <clears throat> and this, I, um, uh, one of the guys in my other band, his parents had bought a house that they obviously put a lot of work into it, but they bought a house in the early 80s for, I think it was like $150,000, $200,000, and then they sold it for $2 million two months ago. God, fucking stab me in the chest. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. But that's America, baby. That's America, man. That's America, that's man. Some... So um, hopefully America <laughs> is still a thing four years from now. We'll fucking see. Uh, we might be blowed up by then. Um, but if you watch um, Umbrella Academy, you see that there's so many different alternate timelines. So it's like, how do I really know which one's going to happen? It depends on like if he shoots JFK or if he doesn't. I don't know what's going on. I just say let it rip, but let me exist in one where I can at least end up with a Tesla. You know, I don't, I don't care. Just you, give me that. If the world starts ending, we'll go get you a Tesla. We'll just bring some guns and we'll just. That's go a good point. You. I could just be like, yo, give me that fucking Tesla. And they'll yeah. be like, how much money do you have? And you're like, does that matter, bitch? And they'll give be like, I guess you're right. Brainer, give me a Tesla, you stupid ass bitch ass bitch. They'll be like, uh, do you want the charger too? And I'll be like, yeah, give me that shit too. Come install it at my house. Yeah, man. Stupid. 
That would be pretty cool. I would love to have a Tesla whenever, you know, I should say Corey and Ryan both have, our manager has one too. God damn it, um, dude. I want to fucking cut you, my ears off. You I hate come hearing to Team that. Fit, baby. We do dude, it, Dude, what the fuck is up um, with you guys? What the fuck smart. are you guys doing? Um, if you, we hustle, we hustle, um, we work and we hustle and we keep our ear to the ground. I think we're one of those bands that you don't hear about a lot, but our numbers are great and we work really hard. Bro, that's my whole MO. What the fuck? I got my ear. I got both ears on the ground. I cut Yo, them shits baby. off. My dachshund got his ears to the ground. You hear his ass, bro? He's tripping. Yeah, he's nice. I like him. We sound yeah. like friends. But it's just sweetie. Dude. Last thing I'm going to ask you before I let you go, because it was one yeah, of the yeah. questions on Facebook. And uh, What's up? Why are you straight edge? Say again? Why are you straight edge? What made you straight edge? Was it the life that you grew up with? You know, now yeah. that we've heard all of it, is it just like, this is how I got to live my life? Yeah, I mean, when I was young, fucking drugs terrify me. You yeah. know, like, it's a whole lot different story when you grow up with, like, really cool stoner skater kids versus when you grow up with, like, dodging bottles, you know? like Yeah, 1,000%. The shit sucks, like... It rocks. Like I, I definitely understand the lifestyle, and I definitely understand, um, like the. Uh, I, I understand the world because I can fully put my hands around it and understand it as an adult. But at the same time, it, it just terrified me as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, "Yo, speed is fucking." Because to me, when I got into that shit, it wasn't about like drinking. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't such. You saw heavier such things far quicker. Stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. like yo, my neighbors are coming over and they're trading baseball cards for fucking crack pipes. Like this shit is ridiculous. And like, and it was like, yo, you ever see a 40 man, a 40 year old man cry over a little bag of fucking speed in the middle of the street? Like this shit is ridiculous. This shit hurts your heart. And it's shit like that, that like has made me who I am. But it's like, you know, that's what got me involved with them. That shit. OG. And whereas like, you know, I've kind of stepped back and, and away from it all, that whole lifestyle. I don't really go to hardcore shows anymore. I've become more of an introvert as I've stepped more into being um, writing and stuff like more. Yeah. So I don't really practice anything other than like my vegan lifestyle. That's kind of more what I like. Are you into the Krishna uphold. thing at all? Be that your vegan and straight edge? Is that, does that suit your lifestyle at all? Or have you ever read, ever read into it? Um, yeah, I've read tons. I've, I've read into almost any, any and all of it. Um, I have tons and tons of, I have like two lined bookshelves of just like you different. Follow, do you follow Yoga Ray? On, on, uh, I, I know of today? it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's the thing is like I've, I've actually been taking this journey into like yoga and meditation with yoga. My girlfriend's way more into yoga, but my issue with it is it's just like I can't silence my mind enough. And when it comes to meditation, the only time I can meditate is when I'm running. So I got into running the past like six, seven months and I'm just banging out these numbers and I'm super hype on it. That's but awesome. like it's the only time I can quiet my mind enough to actually have some sense of clarity, you know, with mm-hmm. like when you're. And and that's the only time I really feel like I can actually make sense of anything going on in my head. Other than that, I'm just I'm waiting to respond to an email or pick up a phone call. It feels yeah. like what my whole life is like, which is depressing. But yeah, anyways, I'm, so. I'm not very good at silencing it either. And in, in my sucks, yoga and yeah. my meditation, I try because it was something that I had to start doing. Yoga, I had to start doing to heal my body because touring yeah. was hard on it, especially in a van. And I started. Really doing yoga warp tour 2017 because I was outside in the sun and on a asphalt all day. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do something with my time. Um, but when it comes to the meditation aspect, I am so distracted constantly. I, I agree with you. It's extremely difficult for me, but I'm, I'm trying to work on that. I'm good at blocking things out when I lift weights. I'm yeah, good at just focusing on, on the positive at that point. But to get myself mentally silent... 
it does take a lot of work and it takes me having a real conversation with myself. Um, Oh yeah. And kind of getting through all of those things that I have been bothered by and then getting to the stuff that I want to accomplish. And then I get to that even plateau. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. I, I always, so I heard this brilliant statement years and years ago when I was living in LA and trying to be somebody I'm not. I um I heard this uh, this sentiment and it, and it really spoke to me, and it was, the highest form of human intelligence is to observe yourself, and I thought to myself, what the fuck, kind of hippie ass shit, and then I think like, wow, if you can pull yourself out of your mind, and watch yourself make these decisions. Come back in and say, look, if I make this decision A, if I make this decision B, that's, that is circumnavigating the human psychosis. And that is some fucking intelligence. If you can say, look, I should do this, but I shouldn't, or I shouldn't do this because bang, blind, blah, blah. I feel like if we all get off the edge of our seats and we take a beat to understand what the fuck I'm about to say, what the fuck I'm about to do, whether it means you're in an argument with someone you love or you're in an argument with someone you hate or you're about to do something that you feel like you shouldn't or something that you feel like you should. If you can get in and have that dialogue with yourself, my God, are you practicing the most powerful form of human intelligence? Because you yourself, nothing is promised, no matter what you believe in, no matter what human myth you've told yourself, what is waiting for you after life or before life, Jesus. what is real is right now that you're sitting here yeah. and you have this decision to make. And if you can circumnavigate that with a possibility, it's fucking intelligent. And that's what makes me keep on, that. keeping on, keeping on, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I yeah, love self, self-analysis. And I think that's it's cool powerful, that man. you yeah. have been able to tap into that and focus on that and... Be yeah. that this was our first conversation actually ever. This is great. I think we <laughs> yeah, actually, man. I think time-wise, we might be beating my episode with Courtney from last week, which is insane. Everyone's going to be like, dude, why do you keep making this show longer and longer? It's because I'm fucking depressed and I want to talk to people. Okay, <laughs> I need talking people, here. okay? I need somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I need somebody. Um, what a song, you know. But really? dude, we're banned, really. Yeah, dude, yeah. very cool band. But they're not. I wonder if they'll be as good without the alcohol. We'll um, find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll find, find out. out. Probably yeah. not. But that's okay. You still <laughs> wrote a song that's going to last forever. You're going to get residuals off that forever. As long as they can tour enough, put out some records. Come on now. <laughs> the equivalent of the the ten year anniversary, they you know, got like a their ten year anniversary is like arenas. <laughs> yeah, 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 motherfuckers. And <laughs> you know what? They I like their band name so much too. It's so cool, dude. They're it's just like, an all around cool band. Those motherfuckers like are wearing bell bottoms. I love it. And boots, bro. They be wearing pointy boots and <laughs> bell bottoms. That's some gang. That's some gang ass shit. If I've ever seen it in my life. Yep, it's pretty great. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Man. It's a little bit 70s, but it's not that 70s. It's great. <laughs> They're awesome. No, they do. They look like a cigarette and a line of cocaine, but I love it. Um, good for them. Kings of Leon. What a band. You know, this this band. episode is sponsored by Kings of Leon. I've been rolling around. Always. This guy's sad, but yet he's rich. How? Yeah. How is what that is he, Post Malone? How does that happen? 
Yeah, um, big facts. Dude, Post Malone, I, I just watched that Joe Rogan um, episode. Oh, yeah. What'd you think of it? I thought it was great. I've heard Their nothing dynamic but was nice interesting. things about him. Um, yeah, he seems like a good guy, but he does. I could see his age in that podcast. I could feel him being like, yeah, I'm just kind of tripping out right now. And Joe Rogan was more like, yeah, but let's tap into something deeper. And you could feel him being like, yeah, aliens. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah which is dope in its own sense well, i'm not throwing shade us, you know he's yeah kid exactly still and, you know, and he's super famous yeah the most famous yeah and <laughs> doesn't get much more famous than him right now the biggest famous <laughs> you'll be the most famous though look man uh, I, look i'm gonna i'm gonna get addicted to some sort of fucking psychosis drug and then, i don't think he's and then like, i'll come back on other than bud light no, no, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying I feel like, you know, I, I don't know. That's what I need in my yeah. life. To, to get to that next level, I need to find like a, a something, you know, like a pixie stick with some magic in it. And then, oh, um, and then cool. people are like, whoa, I get broadside now. And I'm going to be like, yeah. me too. <laughs> what are, I got some pop rocks here in my apartment. Yeah, send them, send them over, dude. Okay. Yeah, if you could just mash them up, maybe mix in some something exciting maybe some basalt or cat piss something cool. something to zhuzh it up you yeah know? the cat piss like south park that would be great you are a chef yeah. you know yeah. cook something up for me boy yo you got it i'll <laughs> cook you something good you know what i'm saying <laughs> be delicious no i would just no, eat some sort of weed baked good and then you eat it and be like why am why do i feel this way and then you'll be paranoid for the next day and i'll be like oh i get the beatles no, I'm so out of touch when it comes to other people's edibles. I'll end up just killing you because I can eat all the brownies and then someone else will eat like half a brownie and they'll be having a trip. And then I'm like, but what's going on? I'm fine. This this I'm is a, a funny bear. Um, this is a funny little story involving edibles in, in uh, L.A. So I, I moved to L.A. I was like, hey, all my friends, come to my shitty Hollywood apartment. They all come down. I hired my little brother who's like the most badass beat you up skate trash motherfucker he's incredible i he never worked for the band before i was just like look i want somebody that i trust with my money and my time around me so i'm gonna have my brother tm us he had no idea what it was in 2016 so anyways he comes down um a couple of the, the guys are at my apartment they they take some edibles um alex gas cars from all time low i think yeah. was having some sort of like birthday party up the street at some bar they owned and we were like meant to go <laughs> but like so we're rolling up there I'm standing in line like, yeah, this is what you do in L.A. You wait in lines like a fucking supreme line or some shit, right? And then we're sitting there waiting to get in this bar to try to be hype beast towards fucking all-time low. And half my people that are with me are tripping out on edibles. And what happened was I guess the root beer or chocolate, whatever it was, it like melted. So all the milligrams just kind of figured themselves out in each pocket of whatever piece everyone got. So then some of the people that I was with were just super like dinosaur arm, like hanging out like, dude, Hollywood is crazy. And then the other people were like, I don't really feel anything. And then four hours later getting punched in the left. Uh, It was just a hilarious night for me because it was like different stages of the very same edible on my friends. That sounds so fun. And and Hollywood Boulevard nonetheless, which is just a dumpster fire. So it was just it was so fucking funny, man. I did that to some friends once by accident when I made brownies (laughs) myself and I mixed all the brownie batter before the um butter was done cooking so then oh. I, I mixed the butter in after and then one of my friends ended up just hallucinating on a couch for four hours having a panic oh my attack, God. and i <laughs> ate like three brownies and i was fine 
But also, again, just to say, you know, I'm not really someone to compare to because I I don't know what it is with edibles. They just don't do much for me. I think it might be because I smoke too much pot. That's what mm. my mom would say. Um, so, hi, mom. Uh, how are you? I hope you're well. Uh, let's smoke a pot sometime. Let's um, do a drug. Let's do a drug. Um, no, my mother would never. She doesn't do bad things. She might, dude. She no, might. She said, time to turn up. There might be something that we have or haven't done once or twice. I don't know. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll I'll have to be. That'll be my next, like, I'm Joe Rogan move is I'll have my mom on my yep. show. And then I'll be high like, mom, let's get high. And then all your friends can see it on YouTube. And then <laughs> <laughs> she'll get in. She won't like that. That won't be good. Um but or honestly, to end the show, yeah, yeah, I will say the reality is not everybody gets high. And I was <laughs> going to say everybody gets high because that's what everyone always says. Because they're always like, well, everyone fucking smokes. They just don't keep it. No, Ollie's straight edge. He doesn't get high. And you shouldn't either. Don't be a drug addict like me. You, you need to get your life together and be a good person and, and invest in cryptocurrency and become rich and... Be a great singer and get more rich, and it'll be okay. You'll be fine. Oh, wait, what you is forgot one thing. Money? What? That they didn't join Feature X. Dude. Oh, well, they might not be talented enough to join Feature no, X. No, 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 no. They get a feature, dude. Yeah, yeah. If you, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. You listener out there, the people in the world. The you, people. You're listening to this episode because you're interested in this guy here, Ollie. That's so right. How about Me. you go to FeaturedX.com. You're, and you do the coolest thing possible. You get a song that, that you get to have for the rest of your life. You click on him. You send yep. him your song. He decides yep. to sing on it because it's a great song because you are really talented. You're talented. And then, all of a sudden, you get to have this for the rest of your life. Not only did you love Broadside, you yep. have your own song that you wrote with the singer of Broadside on it. What is cooler than that? Tell me what is cooler than that. Not much. Not uh, much. A couple things, but not much. Not Definitely not much. Yo, bitches, money. Featured X. That's how it Tesla. Tesla. I got a Tesla. Tesla, Tesla. <laughs> yeah. One day, dude, we're going to get that Tesla. Oh, you know what? If you want a Tesla, the reality, we need to see what the monthly is like and how many features you need to do a month, and then we'll make it I happen. know. That's big facts, too. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, <laughs> my girlfriend was like, damn, it's so not if you do this every day, you can make that. And I'm like thinking to myself, God damn, you ain't lying. That's a big, that's a big old truth. Yo, you want a Tesla? I'm gonna get you that Tesla. You know what I'm saying? Hustle Crow, you're hustling for my bros doing it real big. Like, brr, 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 with your you know, I never stop. It, yeah, baby. I never stop. I never flop. I never drop. I never popcorn. Mm, I love I popcorn. Never. That's healthy. That's my fiance's favorite snack. Um, Mine too. That's awesome. I am your fiance. You are my fiance. I yeah. love you. Let's go to sleep. I love you too. This is beautiful. I'll, I'll tuck you in. Uh huh. That I'm cool. Um, there we go. <laughs> Very beautiful. But, dude, on that note, why don't you hang yeah. on one second? I'm going to stop recording. And uh, Perfect. Dude, thank you so much for being on the show today. And uh, I hope you had fun getting tucked. Dude, I had a great, great time getting tucked with you. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your platform. And congrats to all your endeavors. And thank you for letting me be a part of this as well. Thank you, brother. All right, everybody, that's it. The show is over, and what a doozy it was. Ollie and I probably got along a little too well, but it was really fun. So, dude, thank you so much for being on the show this week. 
I think he's so incredibly talented, and I just love his band. I'm a genuine fan of Broadside, and I can't wait to go see them live. Some people just have that magic, that charisma, and he certainly does. I love his confidence, and I hope he achieves everything in life that he can manifest in his mind, including that Tesla. We're going to get that shit. That's it. Show's over. Check back in next Monday at 4 p.m. on Adobe Howl. The show gets released on all their platforms every Wednesday. See you next week. And as always, folks, remember to get talked. Yeah, just
Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.